0: What's it called again? What's the gym called? Verde Valley Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so Verde Valley BJJ. And what what town is that in? Old Town Cottonwood in Arizona.
1: So you essentially, like, uh, invested and built a gym out there so you'd have a place to train.
0: Basically, yeah. That's such a smart move.
1: Yeah. It's kind of what you have to do, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you'd have to drive hours... Yeah, I mean right?
0: there's megatons down south. There's a bunch of places down there, but they're just it's you know a two-hour drive um, There's also Ted Osborne uh, Osborne Jitsu has an academy there
1: um, When you decide like where you're gonna live when you decide where you're gonna like decide to spend all your time Like do you ever go what the fuck am I doing in the middle of nowhere in Arizona? I'm maintaining peace
0: of mind and I remind myself of that right away. So yeah. that's like essential. It's planned out in the sense Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just that that isolation a little bit just to be able to unplug and reset. I think just my introvert nature. I need I need that time. I need that. I need that introspection. I need that moment.
1: Yeah, because for you, you are kind of an introvert, but you're also kind of an extrovert. I mean, you're the lead singer of Tool. I mean, it's it's not like I mean, you can only be so introverted. And right. do what you do. So you have to kind of like fluctuate in it's between. It's a balance, yours.
0: but I need to recharge. I need to unplug and go back and recharge and then I can go back out and do that. A lot of people never figure that out, right? They just no, kind of burn. They burn the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. How'd you figure out to not do that? Um, first couple years of being in LA, I realized it was just such an energy sap. I needed to actually literally go someplace where there were f- very few people. Yeah, that's the move, right? God, I always keep thinking I should do
1: that. Every time I go to some small town, I'm like, this is probably the way to live. Just, like, know the people around you, live around a few thousand people, you know, have
0: a grocery store. That can can backfire, too. Oh, totally. Yeah, small small town drama, big town drama. It ends up being the same thing, but you actually, it's not a stranger yelling at you. It's your neighbor.
1: Well, I think the small town drama is better if there's a college in town for some reason. Right, Like those places like Boulder or there's a, there's a right. bunch of cities like that like yeah. Bozeman, Montana is a good example mm-hmm. There's these places that are like they're not big But the university somehow or another balances out the intellectual vibe of the town.
0: I could see that Yeah, I like Boulder.
1: Yeah Boulder. I wonder what boulders like now in the height and fury of social justice warrior online activism I wonder if uh, boulders gotten weird I haven't yeah, been back I'm in sure. a while. Because <laughs> every place has kind of ramped up that shit yeah. over the last few years. I mean,
0: you get me okay on this? Yeah, yeah. right?
1: Dude, you sound beautiful.
0: Can you hear me okay, Connor? Conor? Man-
1: He's got Conor McGregor standing right in front of him for advice. So if anything goes south. Connor
0: doesn't have his fuck you pinstripe suit on, though. He's got his fuck you attitude in his fists right now. <laughs> Did though, you see the so. press conference? No, that's one of those. I was trying to find what's the edit to like watch that thing rather than this. There's so much streaming going on, I had no idea what I was looking for.
1: Yeah, the best, ver- all you want to see is Connor talking. And a <laughs> little bit of Floyd Mayweather responding, but Connor talking. There's Dana White's video feed. You can watch it on, da- we could put it up right now. You want to you listen to it? Why not? Go to Dana White's um, Instagram profile. And then once you go to his Instagram profile, go to uh, the video uh, that's playing in his YouTube. There's like a link. Like, on his Instagram page. But Con- Connor's hilarious, man. He's fucking hilarious. And he's laughing and having a great time. And Floyd seemed like, he seemed a little rattled by, like, how confident this guy is. When they were going face-to-face and standing off with each other. Yeah, give me some volume when they get face-to-face. Yeah, go back to that. Listen to him talk some shit. No, a little go before that. Go before that. There you go, right there, right there. It's good.
2: He can't even afford a shoe anymore. Damn. He is (laughs) fucked. There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words.
1: (laughs) So <laughs> Wait till they get in front of each other How's and they start look? John. Look.
2: It's a flag and An August McGregor line. I've got my own line of suits coming out. If you zoom in on the pins, right, it says, fuck you. <laughs> look, let's get this world tour started. Let's have fun. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it.
1: Now, watch when him and Floyd Mayweather get in front of each other. So, scoot ahead. To win him and Floyd, because Floyd gets up and says a bunch of shit and a bunch of other people say a bunch of shit. Floyd looked really stupid. Back up a little bit, because you see Floyd hold up his tra- his check for a hundred million? Look at back it up, back it up.
2: Let right me show <laughs> you what a hundred million dollar fighter look like. Still got a hundred million and then he never touched this shit. That's it a tax man. You are right. I'm the IRS. And I'm going to tax your ass. I'm not going to do shit. Did they shut your mic off? They shut his
1: mic off Did they shut while. your mic off?
2: And I, I'm guaranteeing you this. You going out on your face or you going out on your back. Now, which way you want to go? Which way you want to go? That's right. Sit quiet, you little bitch. You're not even going to kill me. You're not going to
1: kill me. They won't let All him use the need mic. All you
2: do is show up. You just show up, Okay and I'm gonna do the rest. I'm here right now. You just show up and I'm gonna do the rest. I'm here right now. You can get it 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 right now. Hey, don't we gotta pose the fighters now face to face. Watch this. (laughs) Watch your mouth.
3: Selling tickets oh,
2: <laughs> That's what I give one shot. One shot is all it takes me. Anywhere on the dime. Anywhere on the dime shore. me. Anywhere on the door. So. You keep your gloves up too. I'd break the guard. My shots break the guard. My, My, My shots break the guard.
3: I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So i Alright, yeah. I get, alright. I get nervous.
2: Come <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. on, you, sure? yeah, yeah, on you Yeah, on yeah. yeah well, you ain't knocked yeah, nobody you out in about 20 years. Real fists. real fists. fists. Them hands Did I more in the cold? Make you get the massage Make sure you get, them out. Make sure you get them out. You Do your hands the hurt, brittle hands go. Do they hurt more in the cold? Oh. Oh, yeah. This you All right 20 seconds I swear All right, boys. All right, boys All right, boys
1: If this is a real fight, you're dead oh, already <laughs> Oh, this is amazing. Do your hands hurt when it gets cold? Because Floyd's had a bunch of hand surgeries. He goes, you, "You got brittle hands.
0: Do your hands hurt when it gets cold? Do they hurt when it's cold?" <laughs> yeah, I have no. I I don't know enough about boxing to have any clue. All all I can look at from a distance is is Floyd's older. He's slightly smaller. He's also
1: the greatest defensive boxer of all time, right. like literally of all time.
0: And Michael Jordan was arguably one of the best basketball players, but put him back in the game today. Yeah,
1: but Floyd hasn't been out for that long. Okay. He's still relevant. I right. mean, he's, it's only been a couple of years. I think it was two years since his last fight against Andre Berto, was it? Two years? Right. And then before that, the Pacquiao fight.
0: You know, like he's so definitely I, so I, no, not in his yeah. prime. So, yeah, I'm saying, I, you know, so that was, that was my first look. That's what you look at and you go, age, reach all that stuff, size, watching what happened to McGregor up against Diaz, having that, wasn't really ready for that larger dude to hit him. Yeah. Um, is that the equation? But then, you know, McGregor's no joke. So he's, you know, he, but can he handle a guy who's done this 100 times?
1: He's done it more than 100 times. I mean, Floyd grew up doing it. The thing about Floyd is he, I think you have an idea of what you can do to him until you get inside the the ring with him, and then you realize how good he is. His defense is just on another level. He's just in a completely different zone all by himself. His movement, the way he's able to figure out what you're going to do, the way he processes your movement, throws it into his boxing computer, and then before you know, it, he's catching you before you even know what you're doing. He's just a wizard, man, when it comes to boxing. The thing is, Connor is a way bigger guy. He's younger. He's way stronger. I mean, physically stronger, not just in terms of, like, Punching power He's way stronger with punching power, but he's also like stronger physically like if he gets a hold of Floyd and starts manipulating him I'm very curious to see what like his his trainer John Cavanaugh is a very very smart guy Mm -hmm. I know he's also worked with Paulie Malinagi who's a world champion and uh, one of the best boxing commentators in the business He's helping Connor. It's gonna be interesting. You know on paper You would have to say Floyd has a massive advantage, but all this shit talking wears on a man. Mm Mm-hmm that's that's a different kind of shit talking than Floyd's ever experienced. Yeah, he hasn't had that. He's got a guy telling him I can kill you easy. He's like got a guy <laughs> telling you if this is a real fight. You're dead. You're dead in 20 He knows he's right. He knows he's right. Floyd fucking knows it. If Floyd he lets his ego get crazy Let's have an MMA match. Let's go ahead and have an MMA match right then he's that, dead. That's a He's a yeah, dead you're, man. Yeah, you're he's not. a they, dead they, man
3: fighting him in the octagon there and with four-ounce gloves. Too. Yeah
1: He said that he's ridiculous let him use elbows let him you just you give him one more weapon, and you're fucked Cause you, you tie up and you, you, you want to do this and over the top comes an elbow and your fucking legs give out under you? <laughs> one give him one more weapon give him knees knees or leg
0: kicks Like it it's it's crazy like I just think Connor I just think you need to calm down a little bit and, and give him some beautiful. space beautiful Don't give him any space. Just give him a little bit of space. Th- Stop, shut up Joe just <laughs> Give him a little space. Just give him a little space Joe <laughs> That is
1: uh, um, the guy who makes those a bad motherfucker. How, how do you sp- pronounce his name?
3: It's a plastic, a plastic cell, or plastic cell? No, but the gentleman who makes it, oh, uh, Fong? Fong Tran, I believe. Yeah, he's yeah. a bad motherfucker. Pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, right? So so accurate. The Biggie, you've seen the Biggie? Where's Biggie? They're all over right there. Oh, we had to move them. We oh, were yeah. doing something here. Look at the Biggie one. Oh yeah. And the Tupac one. Yeah. The guy's a wizard, man. Who's this? That's me, bitch. Who's that? That's me. Who's that guy? Um. But uh, look, it's a spectacle, you know. Yep. What what happens happens. Yeah. I hope this is, Connor goes this is, back.
0: This is what it's all about. Oh yeah. it's, it's not Like whatever happens in the ring, I, yeah, whatever. It's, That's gonna sell.
1: Yeah.
0: It's gonna sell.
1: They're gonna charge a hundred bucks for pay per view. Charge? Ooh. Charge who? <laughs> you're not gonna pay? You're gonna pay. How uh, dare you? Everyone listens. Paying. If you got a hundred bucks, you're gonna fuck it. Have ten people over. It's ten bucks.
0: You're not pay, you want to pay ten bucks to see that you're out of your fucking mind I pay actually 10 bucks. The, my screen the screen at my house is so awesome That it's actually it's worth like I have to I have to literally I have to pay a thousand dollars to watch it So if you want to come over it's a hundred bucks You to have to watch. pay
1: a thousand dollars to watch what do you mean? Oh, he's got a thing.
2: I right, see what he's doing. Yeah
1: Do you have like one of those? 100-inch L- LED or LCD? What is it? is it LED or LCD? LED now, LED now right? Mm-hmm. I saw one at the, uh, at the store the other day at Best Buy. They had, like, a 100-inch TV. Like, that is fucking crazy. You're looking at that thing. It's almost too too good. Yeah. No, no. Don't do that. Are you filming, your, you filming a lot of shit? Are you doing it in 4K?
0: Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all the video stuff we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, when, when the RED camera first came out, we had some friends that were using that. Then they were using the, the Canon uh, for a while. Um, just filming on, and I don't know what they're filming on. I just know that over the last five years, just insane, just jump in technology for filming. Um, yeah. It's been amazing. Not having to have, like, dude with, like, lights and uh, some guy with an, on a dolly. No, it's like the guy's a small. Tiny little thing. Tiny thing doing insane, insane work.
1: They have trail cams now that are in 4K. So, like, when they're looking for animals in the woods, they put these cameras up on trails, and they capture motion capture, mm-hmm. and they take video. 4K video, and it's fucking amazing. Low-light video, and they show the difference. There was something I was looking at yesterday. It showed the difference between state-of-the-art two years ago versus state-of-the-art today in the exact same location, exact mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you could see everything crystal clear. It's yeah. HD video from a tree, a little box tied to a tree. I mean, it looks like a fucking movie. That's pretty awesome. Dude, you're missing out on that, hiding out in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. Not really, though. That's the thing. It's not like when you're hiding out there, you're still connected.
0: Yeah. it's uh, it's. We just finished our uh, two greenhouses. We're planting them this next week, so we've got full-on greenhouses on uh, one of the sites. Are you totally off the grid? Not off the grid, no. But, I mean, that would be... That'd be nice. I think that's the goal. I feel uh, like you can be right with solar. Yeah, and and I've waited on solar just to see again, like if cameras were what they were two years ago to today. What? How are the solar panels catching up? Because I know that that technology is insane now.
1: Do you know what Elon Musk is doing? He's making solar power uh, powered roof tiles. Right. So right. your whole roof is like a giant solar generator, which totally and o- and makes And those sense. things are
0: great. So all, you know, I'm the kind of guy that waits a minute. I, w- I want to see, okay, once these put those in place, how do they do against tile, uh, uh, hail? How do they do right. against sun? How That's they, a good point. I want to see how those things last because I'm not going to invest all that money in, in uh, roof tiles if all of a sudden they find in a year that they, they crack under Arizona. Sunshine,
1: you get crazy storms in Arizona too. Do you near, hail. near the place where they get typhoons? Is that ty- uh, is it typhoons or monsoons?
0: Monsoons. Yeah, monsoons. we get monsoons. We just started seeing evidence. Like yesterday, we got hail and like a little dabble of monsoon yesterday.
1: Yeah, like sometimes, Ari- like people think of Arizona as a thing of the desert, right? But there's a lot of different terrain in Arizona. Yes, yes. And you guys, when it rains, you guys get fucking pounded on, right? Yeah, what heavy. is this, Jamie?
3: the hail test for the tesla roof tiles oh so they did the test lifetime warranty on
1: them boom oh it took it like a champ and what are those other two bitch ass tiles
3: yeah the regular
1: traditional roof tiles oh they're regular roof tiles so the tesla panels
0: are fucking Uh,
3: better bitch 100 mile an hour impact wow my bad
0: well then there you have it. I'm in. Yeah. Cuz mm. that's what I've been waiting for to see if they can get this that technology up.
1: I'm just waiting for Elon Musk to run the world. I'm like, dude, you're on point. Keep it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just make roof tiles and cars and just keep it up. Yeah, being, you know, I I don't know that being completely off the grid is I think it's an option for some people. There's just too many people for you to be actually you know, completely unplug and be isolated. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be look, com- isolated. Communes don't. You know, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, there's got to be trade. Communes turn into a big fuck fest, right? It's like the one that you'd be like the cult leader, and you just want to bang everybody's wife. I don't know from experience that you're that you're aware of, uh, but no, <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: yes, it, it is what happens, right? <laughs> no, see, I think that like off the grid, like in terms of like non-reliance. Mm-hmm. But connectivity in terms of like being able to figure out what's going on in the world yeah, yeah
0: yeah that that's that's a that's a reasonable goal, I think, but I think even even being off the grid, I feel like uh, you can get to a certain point in today's society where you can be unplugged from your your power and your water, but somebody's gonna come for your water, somebody's gonna come for there's various places around the United States where they come after you for growing your own food on your land. Do they really? Yeah, there's weird stuff everywhere like that.
1: Like what? What kind of regulations are they? Do they have against? Growing they, would, food? they would end
0: up using. They would probably justify it in terms of um, your your house is zoned residential, not, not oh, not agriculture. Cultural, Ooh, uh, or you're you're not allowed to use the city water to water your garden. I've actually heard this before. Yeah. I've heard people get in trouble with that before. It's, like, it's a. It's just another level of. Uh, government control do
1: you think they're doing that it's just like a and mistake I'm not that paranoid in the like, paranoid guy. Like no you're not you're not, a, you're you're not
0: a, a prepper right yeah i'm a prepper but a not slightly not, but not in not in that paranoid. alex jones sort of way no not that i'm not that bananas uh i think just being prepared and understanding that eventually the, there'll be an interruption and in the water that comes to you and the food that gets to you just understanding how to grow food is not being a prepper
1: no it's wise <laughs> yeah. it's like having a lot of boxes checked off yeah. It's just and it also doesn't it feel good like I'm sure I know that you love your wine I mean it's got to feel good when you have a glass of the wine that you've grown and created and worked so hard on mm-hmm. and it Just establish this perfect time of keeping it in the barrels And you know, I'm sure there's got to be like massive satisfaction to
0: that. Yeah, absolutely um, Because it all, you know it spirals out into all these other other areas uh, of understanding again, how to how to grow your own food. You start you start talking to and communicating with people that you wouldn't normally talk to, like the yeah. Republican guy is now talking to the liberal Democrat guy, and the and the and this religion is talking to that religion, and you know there's all these economic, religious, political lines that get blurred uh, because in that moment talking about growing a thing and sustaining a local community, a lot of those things t- tend to Go away. Just turn this thing off, right? And get back to understanding um, what it's going to take to make you know make these exchanges and do these activities. You start to really feel connected with people rather than this weird divisive crap that goes on in the world today.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, we need to figure out how to spend more time just having regular, normal, day-to-day conversations, because it seems to me like people are worse at it than they ever been before. People interrupt people more than ever. Like, they're not good at, like, listening and talking, because I think people are so accustomed to communicating with people through devices. It's almost like we're, we're rusty. We're rusty <laughs> on how we talk to people, because yeah. we don't do it that much. Yeah. Like, how often do you call someone on the phone? Uh, Not that often. You and I have maybe never had a phone call, maybe one phone conversation. It's always text. And kind of all my friends. If someone calls me up, it's like, what's
0: everything okay? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. You know? I don't use that thing for talking to somebody. I I don't use this to talk to people because the technology to me still isn't where it should be because I'll be in the middle of making a point with somebody and the phone call will drop and we have to start over. And so you get mad you, like, I get mad phones. because, yeah, so I just, that's why I usually text or email because I can get the whole thought yeah. down. And then, and if we want to talk about summing up some details on it, I'll say, I'll call you from a landline. So I'll actually call people from, I'll find a landline. A landline. You know, have you heard of those? They don't even have them anymore. They're right, right around. They're illegal. Right around the same time as the cassette.
1: Yeah, I send a raven. <laughs> that's what I do. I got some
0: dope <laughs> ravens. They're super smart. <laughs>
1: You just got to leave like pineapple on the end. That's what they like They go right to the pineapple take their little message What's up see this today? <clears throat> oh, Jesus Christ Do scientists make teleportation breakthrough
3: Yeah, they are uh, but China- that's
1: in the New York Post. They also did an article about how Travis Brown and Ronda Rousey are fading losers like it was the w- most ruthless article
0: that it's, is a it's great.
1: Like, it's a great argument for not living in a condensed population. And some of the articles in New York tabloid yeah. papers, like right. they're so fucking mean. Yeah, I like, did something about like being in the, uh, like uh, an island like Manhattan, where everybody's stuffed in there, where people just get super shitty with each other, and they find it okay to do so. Yeah. So what is this teleportation yeah. thing?
3: It's saying that they teleported a photon from Earth to space, like 50 miles into space. That's not exactly what happened. They transported the information of the proton, which oh, okay. is also... It's equally important because they can uh, send so data. A, they sent a fax to yeah, basically, somebody. Yeah, in space. Okay. Wow. Earth.
0: All right.
1: Wow. Uh, let
3: see. There's MIT saying it.
1: So bad. in sending a photon, is that like one step to sending? Like yeah,
3: it's like the first step to send Like, it, it made a like a, a carbon copy of it. It's ide- virtually identical. It's like a, a identical twin of it. So it
0: could be that, that you know those kind of newspapers are very similar to you know, what we're seeing with Facebook as far as the immediate feedback, and then they adjust the article and adjust the, the, the headline right. to not only make money from clicks, but also to manipulate what you're thinking about a particular subject so they can adjust your vote, adjust yeah. your purchasing uh, patterns. Uh, those kind of things. So you know these clickbait things. There could have been a word in that title that they know people like you love to see, mm-hmm. so they got you clicking on it, even though there might be nothing in the article. There's yeah, nothing. you there see a substance. lot of that, right? Yeah,
1: you see like purposely deceptive article headings. Mm-hmm. So they, they they rope you in. You're like, what? What are they mm-hmm. doing? But even doing that, like, are they talking? Well, what happens to the original photon? The original photon remains present. In the original location yeah, it's
3: it's uh it's some first step into some quantum physics type deal proving that it can actually happen versus mm. like just being a theory as far yeah. as what i understood i listened to a one minute I video i need to versus talk
0: to my buddy it. about this do you yeah. buy are you
3: buying any
2: of this Fuck car? all that <laughs> fuck all that anywhere in the dome anywhere in the dome one punch in your son
0: you and your proton
2: one fucked in your fucking proton
1: yeah, I don't understand what they're saying. So does that mean like one day they'll have a Jamie Vernon on uh, a, a space holodeck in Arizona and they'll zoom you up to space, but yeah. then you'll still be right. here?
3: Yeah. It's hard to say. I don't think that that's what they're doing with it. I think this means more like they can send them inf- packets of information without needing fiber or Wi-Fi or anything like that. I think that's the first possible use of it.
1: I think it's a matter of time before we start duplicating things that we shouldn't be duplicating. You know, like yeah. and, uh, whole human beings. Like, how many deranged monarchs are going to get a hold of this, like, way before anybody else? Right. These trillionaire dudes, and they're going to spend a shit ton of money to have copies of them and just make a what bunch it's of them. Just,
0: what if it's just uh, Heath Ledger's the Joker who's Ooh. actually putting this out and he's figured out a way to get all of those billionaire people to jump on the spaceship that goes nowhere? Mm. And he's giggling somewhere.
1: See, I always always feel like we we're always one invention that we don't see coming, away from ruining everything.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And it could be, it could be exactly this kind of thing. This this algorithmic, you going down a rabbit hole, and this kind of narcissistic feedback on what you want to see, and then it tells, tells you what you want to hear, and then it gets you to buy what you want to buy. But like the thing you want to buy, might be this rabbit hole of. Of leveling the playing field for everybody. Yeah, it might be. It wants. Um, yeah, I think the only. Uh, yeah, is there a way out of that? Um, Doesn't seem like it. Well, I think the only the way out of it is is understanding that the things you're being told here, uh, this has nothing to do with mastership, if that makes sense. The phone just media things you're reading on your social media pages this has nothing to do with yeah i read all those articles well that's not that's not necessarily mastership that's not you going to a master who has taught who has spent all this time doing a thing or researching a thing and got his master's degree in a thing and then you go to this class you take the time the effort it takes to get to that place and every step along the way is a new level of revelation or some kind of epiphany of understanding of oh that's why we did this and then now i can understand that and educate yourself so destroying destroying an entire base of ignorance and knee-jerk reaction clicking on links and being fed horseshit it almost has to be like a a conscious effort on each individual to step back and go i hate that trump supporter i hate that Hillary or a Bernie supporter because of the things I've been told and the things I believe that have been fed back to me. Um, What if, then this is the hardest step, I think, for most people. What if I am completely wrong about all of it? So how do I empty my vessel, open my mind, and try to figure out, backtrack on what the truth is? Is this person really that much different than me? Are these people that much different? Did they grow up with a bad You know bad set of poison in their system Did I grow up with a bad poison in my system? I don't know So I don't know if there's any way out of it Because the solution I'm talking about Requires a lot of introspection uh, Self-evaluation And a lot of uh, Being more open than most people are willing to be
1: Do you know why I think there's a way out of it? Because there's a lot of people like you saying that I know a lot of people that are saying that now And it seems like a, a message that's being broadcast by a bunch of people that have gone sort of through the gauntlet of Life and had a bunch of trials and tribulations and they reached this point <clears throat> where they kind of had of an understanding of what it's Taken them to get there mm-hmm. and a lot of people like you have this desire to relay this information And people are listening and there's a lot of other people that are saying the same thing that have also gone through their own Separate trials right and I think it's a it's a more prevalent message than I've ever heard in my life And I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 next month. and I feel like in my life. What, I've never what day August 11th Really? Yep What's my wife's birthday? birthday is the
0: 12th.
2: Get the fuck out of here, bitch.
0: Mm. Uh, my my son's birthday is the 5th. My winemaking buddies is the 8th. Crazy. Uh, I went in and out of the Army the first week of August. We're basically all in the same fraternity. Basically, except for me. I'm an Aries. What's a you. girl's
1: thing? It's not a fraternity. What is it called? Sorority. Yeah, we're in the same sorority.
2: Oh my God, we're the same month. <laughs> Are you a Virgo? Orange or is or the Leo? new Rogan. OMG. I think
1: more people are talking about though, man. I think it's gonna be not gonna be for everybody But I think there's way more people that are trying to do better Like with their life do better with their mind do better with themselves It's it's a very very common thing so much so there's a lot of criticisms about the various methods and people kind of losing sight and then there's like There's a bunch of bullshit artists that are capitalizing on this idea as well And they're not really doing it, but they're pretending they're doing it and they're talking about it But they're not really in action You can kind of see those guys always look a little doughy. They always look a little, you know They're not really doing it, but they're talking about doing it. People love talking about shit They don't really do like some of my friends that uh, they'll talk about writing comedy way more than they actually write comedy Yeah, like Judd Apatow said that he said "Like, don't fucking talk about writing just write. I think he's right.
0: Yeah (laughs) nice
1: one (laughs) Right, I mean isn't it the same thing? It's like there's a fine line between inspiring discussing and then like uh, sort of analyzing with people that you respect and trust and like and then actually doing the work
0: yeah and, and I think part of it is literally working I, I think um, getting your hands dirty in the soil like find a as a start it's just think of it as therapy whatever right. money you're spending on a therapist take take that time and go find a community garden and just weed just go in there and plant some plant some carrots, do something to just kind of like unplug and touch dirt, yeah, and do a thing and reconnect with uh, that cycle. If you can reconnect with that cycle of life in some level, you start to really understand what what's more important. you know some people some people have kids that helps them kind of reground themselves and redirect and focus their energies. Um, some people just find you know find gardening in that way. But this is this is not this is this is supposed to be a convenience. This is just me trying to talk to you from a distance, and Beverly can. Condi- but as far as the information you're getting off of this thing, in terms of social media, there's a lot of poison. There's a lot of misdirect. There's a lot of crap in there. You have to kind of fight through it, and literally, go eat a garden. Yeah, just, I think uh, I think you're definitely right. I
1: think doing that is good, and I also think doing difficult things is is good. I think that's one of the reasons why you're
0: so drawn to jujitsu, and you have been for so long. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's the hardest thing. It's it's the most. It's you know I'm getting all snowflakey weepy here, Um, but it's just it's it's uh, it's not something that you are handed. You have to do the work to get it. Um, And I had so many injuries over the years, and so much distance from this thing. And I'm such a stubborn prick that I'm. I have. I've started a thing. I'm going to finish this thing. Uh, so that's kind of. That's where I'm at with jujitsu. And it's not. It's not something that you can be handed. Well, it's, you
1: know, it's, someone's it's, legit when they get a fucking hip surgery and then they're back on the mat four months <laughs> later. <laughs> that is first of all ridiculous and not advisable <laughs> but admirable at the same time
0: right it took me it took me a while to lose the i, had, I was gaining weight before the hip surgery because i just couldn't move uh as well as i wanted to um obviously i mean it was completely destroyed hip uh no no cushion in there uh, and then the recovery was and then i was on the road which is like one of the worst ways to recover from anything uh you're trying to recover from being there right um, in the moment but the thing i did finally found my rhythm because i think last time we talked i talked about how it's hard to train on the road because i've got this thing uh, i got to do it at night finding those guys finding the black belts that understand the the low low impact uh, flow roll uh putting threads together just doing simple uh positional drills all those things now i've been able to like you know, I trained with uh, Dave and Dan Camarillo, Henry Akins, Rodrigo Havaji comes down, Todd Fox comes down. I've been able to train with a lot of people on the road. Uh, That's amazing. I mean, I, you know, we, focus, we, find our, we find our hour right before sound check, And, you know, but it has to be people I trust. It has to be people that have an understanding of, I'm not here to do this. I'm here to do Right. The singing
1: Yeah, this is just something that helps you get to that. Yeah, so I'm just chipping
0: away at that purple belt, trying to get to that next level. Yeah,
1: I feel like, um, in my opinion, drills are like one of the most important things that people don't like to do. It's just just one of those things where it's jujitsu, like rolling and sparring is so fun that people just want to get right in there. We'll just roll light. Let's just roll light. And so you just kind of do it. But
0: the real work is done in the drilling. If you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast, especially if you don't understand it understand what it is you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and if you have a good part a training partner a role player to help you and he's giving you the exact position that you're that you're trying to train if you got one of those pricks it's like you know blue belt purple belt guy like no i'm just going to ch- i'm going to adjust this position to right, right, right no that's not what you're that's not what you're here for right yeah, your, yeah. live drills are important sure. but
1: yeah. yeah like dead drills are important too where a person just you just roll just roll through the the technique with them right yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I've always found it really interesting how many people, like, find it sort of uh, in in their life, and it becomes, like, almost like a replacement for religion in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It becomes, like, this grounding thing for them.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems like the real difficult things, whether it's jujitsu or whatever you're into, you know, I have a buddy that's into ultra marathons; that's his thing, like, it's just, like, pushing his body to run these crazy distances becomes, like, this weird sort of, like, centering thread in his life because he knows it's so fucking difficult that all the other things get
0: easier. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's... He can run. That's that's good for him. I, I'll, yeah, he I'll can't do I'll that I'll him, anymore. I'll let him do that.
1: But you said that some people can run with a hip replacement?
0: Yeah, I've heard that there's some guys that uh, they'll go in every couple of years and have the, the actual pad. uh I don't know if it's like a silicone pad or something that they just they just cut them open, like a small incision, oh. pop it out, pop their hip out, I guess so I guess during the surgery they go in from the front my guy went from the front so like you know My leg was laying across my head while they're in there Digging my you know, so it's a full-on scooping out the the hip um, Sawing cutting, off the top, sawing off the the, hip, uh. bone, the the leg the femur bone Putting a spike down the middle of your femur with the ball on top and then putting it back in and then waking you up about An hour later going let's go for a walk Oh my God! How many how many um, inches is the spike?
1: Uh, the spike that goes into the bone. I, th- I
0: think it's like it's like about uh, twenty Irish inches. About the size of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what are we talking about? The the dick? Or oh
2: the... my God! Look how far it goes in. <gasps>
0: yeah. Jesus Christ! It's huge. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my. <laughs> thank you.
1: Look at that! Oh my God! That's freaking me out. Now, how does that not just like? The mechanical leverage seems like it would just snap your femur.
0: Yeah. Well, uh. Like if I leg kicked you, you think you'd be taking that okay? I I would, I would, please don't. I feel like if somebody leg leg kicked you
1: right at the bottom of that spike, that's a wrap, son. Yeah. I feel like right where that spike connects to the meat, I feel like someone who's got a real good leg kick is going right through that.
0: Yeah. But I think the bone density. Uh, what happens with the bone density is that's why the healing process is so slow because the bone is actually healing around that thing and right. yeah, this may be in theory more dense than the actual spike whoa but you're right just the <laughs> physics of hitting kicking that you would think would that's their that's your weak spot. What about like falling and stuff? Do they
1: they advise you?
0: The one thing they don't have you do is if you were to bend my leg back, my knee back that way, like a lunge mm-hmm. back, don't and do, I do that. some kind of thing, it would pop out uh, forward. Oh Jesus Christ! Now, um, even with no weight, uh, no, it would have to be some kind of weight that would like push forward. But it used to be the way if I put my knees up on my chest to do like butterfly. Mm-hmm the way that they designed the hit before it would actually pop out that oh, way what the fuck? but now they've fixed it where it's like it's, it has to be this other extreme angle to get it to pop out but it can pop out
1: has it, it popped p- out on you yet
0: no it has not
1: do you do any weightlifting to strengthen everything around it <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of
0: walking <laughs> yeah uh some some weight training uh i really like the kettlebells yeah doing this stuff um i think just that just that wrestling, you know, working with somebody, not actually doing the takedowns for warm up. I do takedowns, but you know, just that act of of lateral, front, back, mm-hmm. m- m- and then having somebody pull you those different ways. In a low stance. Yeah, low stance. I like that low center of gravity drop. Yeah, that's um, good for the legs for sure. So kettlebells, that the the battle ropes. Those you do you do
1: body uh, body weight squats?
0: I do not. What I'm a that? big fan
1: of bodyweight squats. Hindu squats, they call them. What does it it's mean? A, a type of squat that you do where you do like a lot of reps. I'll do 200 reps, okay. and what you do, it's hard to do. It's not. It seems like it's easy because you do the first 10. You're like, I can do 200, and then you get to 20. You're like, ooh. And then you get to fifty. So, like, you're, so okay. there's no way. You're just you doing your thing. Just me. And oh, you yeah. go. You go down. Do that, yeah. You go down. You touch. You you're, you drop your hands back. You touch your hands to the ground. And then as you go up, you bring your hands up forward. Like I'll show. Fuck that. Yeah. It looks like this.
0: <laughs> it looks like this. Hang on.
1: Hang on. They're called Hindu
0: squats. Hang on. Got to get Connor over much So, so you shit.
1: stand. You stand like this, and you 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 stand with your back straight up, and your hands are like behind your butt, and you go down like this. One, two. And as I'm going down my heels go up. So at the on the bottom like at the bottom I'm actually on the ball of my feet my okay. heels are up and my hands go behind my heels Right, and then as I come up I touch the ground And I go up to this position, okay. and I breathe out as I do this. So I'm going 200 200 of these bitches. I just
0: you've keep... done like five and I'm ready to take a nap keep going, so. son. Just let's just keep going. Let's have a donut. Ooh. Can we just have donuts?
1: No, man. I'm. I'm a, <laughs> I think a lot of people they God, don't do that enough it, shit with their legs. Is that what you do? Is that the what more you do, shit God? you do with your legs, whether it's running or squatting or yeah. deadlifting, it just your whole body feels better. And
0: people neglect that shit. Yeah, I do more leg stuff like that than I do arm stuff. I I think my next step is I talked about before is I like, you know I I had I had broken my wrists. I think the last time I was in here, I, I, that actually was a broken wrist, not a sprained wrist. Oh. Yeah. So I actually broke both my wrists that year, um, and I had shoulder issues, uh, rotator shit issues. So I'm did like, you do anything to that? I did those uh, stem not cells. The, not the uh, PRP. Not the PRP. <clears throat> the other one that Regenokin. Yeah, I think you so. You did that one. Where'd yeah. you do it? Uh, in Arizona, they were they were doing shots. Oh, really? Um, they're not cheap. No, no, it's not uh, cheap.
1: Do they take your own blood and do it? No, and that's no. why. Okay, then it's I did not it. Regenikine. It must be something different. Okay,
0: so it's like you know, it's something like that. And then I started researching, going, "Whoa, you know, we just discovered Hep C a couple years ago. Maybe I shouldn't be putting some kind of weird foreign shit in they my." They just shoulders. discovered Hep C a couple well, years ago. Well, you know, ago? just hepatitis in general. Like it's, you know, it's like it's on the rise. Well. 20 years ago people didn't know what the hell that was, you know 30 years ago. They just thought people were skanks They didn't know skanks
1: have actual like terrible diseases. Yeah male and female. skanks. I'm just
0: thinking and just in general like uh, you know things that we Here take some Prozac and then no don't take any Prozac, right? You know just changing their minds about every thing that they put in you or pull out of you. That's Uh, for sure That's for sure true. So, you know, I just I stopped I want to do more of what you were doing with uh, actually spinning out your own stem cells Yeah, doing that.
1: There's um, a, a couple different procedures that they're doing now. One of them that's really important is they're shooting stem cells directly into disc tissue. So people that have bulging discs, oh my. they're able to heal the discs and actually create more disc tissue. And this is all just super cutting-edge stuff. The, the stem cell technology is some of the most intriguing and fascinating things right. that are going on right now in modern medicine. Just they're they're able to do amazing work. I mean, it's just they think that within a few years They're gonna be able to fix things Here's one thing they're doing. This is really important for people. I better not forget this When they used to blow out things like ACLs, Mm -hmm. they used to have to replace it They used to either replace it with a cadaver ligament or they would replace it with um, Your patella tendon they would cut a piece of that like I had that done or they would take your hamstring. Sometimes they take a chunk of your hamstring and they screw it in place. Now they have a new method, real new, where they can actually—they figured out a way to repair the actual ACL itself. They figured out a t- how to tie it back together again, and it heals. It it heals way quicker. You're walking almost instantly, like after the surgery, and you're back to action in three months. It's a totally different ball game. They had this guy who competed in the Olympics five months after getting the surgery on his Achilles. He blew out his Achilles, and he used to be like, instantaneously, your leg was useless, and it was useless for like a year. Now this guy's five months later is competing in the Olympics, and they're shooting stem cells in there to help the healing. It's
0: fucking crazy what's
1: going on right now.
0: That's nuts. We're living in an awesome time. Yeah, I mean, for a guy like Hickson who has all those back problems, man, this is... Let's get him on that i
1: know right yeah i think hickson is all like holistic though you know mm-hmm. he wants to just
0: do yoga and right off into the sunset on somebody's like a pale horse or some shit. yeah right? yeah Come like, on, dude. yeah like meditate on something while they light it on fire
1: and that's how he's going to go out <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know i just i don't know how much he's into uh getting a bunch of stuff shot into him right. you know right. i mean i think I I admire that in a lot of ways. He's a fascinating character, and he's the guy, in my opinion, that opened up a lot of people's eyes to yoga Mm -hmm. from that Choke documentary. Yeah, yeah. People saw that, and they were like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. The baddest motherfucker on earth does yoga? Does yoga? Yeah. And when you see what he can do with his body, you're like, oh, well, of course. How are you going to hold on to that guy? Look Look at how he can move. Yeah. To stand up on a balance beam and do a full split holding his foot over his head, and he's 40. Yeah. You know, at the time he was, yeah. you know, now he's in his 50s. He's amazing, quite a, quite a fascinating guy, but not interested in getting shot up with stem cells. I am. Sign <laughs> me up.
0: Um, my, I, don't even, I don't even have problems with my ACL. I just want to do it. Let's just do it. Just do it. Shoot it in there, shoot it everywhere. Find out what happens.
1: Yeah, some people go down to Mexico and they get it shot into their veins that Dan Bilzerian guy You know who that guy is the uh, internet. Uh, he's he's hilarious. I've had him on the podcast before. He's a poker player and he uh, is Fame is from being this like internet guy with a ton of money that flies around in jets and has all these hot chicks with him <clears throat> He's always like shooting guns and driving dune buggies and shit He goes down to Mexico all the time and gets it shot in his veins intravenously and I'm like, what does it do for you? He's like, I don't know. I feel fucking great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, he just doesn't even know. Like, right. is it good? Is it bad? No one exactly
1: knows. Right. But they take stem cells and they just- it's got electrolytes. They launch yeah. a menu in you. Boss Rootin said he did it. He felt like he had power coming. He goes, it was like I had light coming out of my hands. Like, ah!
0: <laughs> 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 like the first time you did meth. Okay. No,
1: I think it's better than that. Okay. It's better than that. Find it's like down. meth and ecstasy together. All right. It's like, a, like you're energetic, but you're also loving. I think there's something to uh, what we're doing right now where I think within the next 20 or 30 years, we're going to have a real, real problem with people not dying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Grandpa. Not with the current administration.
2: Around, I think they're huh? going to
0: be all right with that. Do you think so, yeah, man? That
2: motherfucker, he's so egomaniacal. Don't you think he'll be shooting stem cells into himself and try to keep himself alive forever?
0: Yeah, but he's going to send everybody else off to go fight for the materials that go into those shots. Imagine if Trump found out about it before
1: anybody. He started reverse aging like Benjamin Buttons. That'd be amazing. Just all of a sudden, Trump is like younger again, kind of freaking everybody out. We know he's 90, but he looks great.
0: Yep. As long as he goes all the way down to where you can put him over your knee and... Like a baby. Give him a timeout. What do you think is going to happen with this dude? Um, I think it's a smokescreen. I think there's so many other things going on that uh, that we're not paying attention to. But it is a testament to um, just just the level of frustrations I think that people have had just with with government in general and and the internet and the social media has been able to polarize us all enough to where we don't talk to each other to really sort sort out some of the you know the actual issues that are going on. So you have this <laughs> this spectacle um, going on right now that uh, it's it's amazing. Um, it is a spectacle, but I always wonder whether or
1: not it's an orchestrate, orchestrated spectacle, or whether we just try to find patterns when patterns don't even exist. And what it really is is just this is just a, a goofy dude who loves attention, and right. we have a fucking popularity contest to see who runs the country.
0: And you, and you, again, like I said, you go back, you know, just back it up to see where people really frustrated with the Obama administration, where they frustrated with the Bush administration, whether you know, whether is it is it connected. Um, are they just looking for something different? Because if you look historically at at places that have had some success as a country, and then they have some problems, they start seeing some issues, and they just you know, whatever the incumbent uh, person is, uh, the the party, the the group, um, all they want is something else, something different. We want to get rid of that and put something different in. And historically, when that happens, shit just goes sideways. They just because they just wanted anything else, and they got. Exactly what they got something worse. Much yeah. worse.
1: Yeah. That's the problem is worrying about it the same way you worried about technology like one guy can one day create one thing and it fucking ruins everything. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel like that with like a president like we can ask for something different and then one day we get it and it fucking ruins everything. Yeah. Like the the, the what, what I worry about most is a lot of what he's doing like with this uh, battle against the intelligence agencies. All the shitty talks about them, it's like if they start hiding stuff from him because they're worried that he's going to tell stuff to Russian guys and you know and talk about certain things like like he revealed top secret information about ISIS wanting to use laptops as bombs. He told the Russians that like if they can't trust him and if they develop this thing where it's them versus him, you got a you got a real s- serious problem on the yeah. ha- on your hands there because that's gonna that attitude is going to carry on to the next administration. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's Pence or some Democrat or whoever the fuck comes in after him, right? Fuck man, it's all scary. It's just people didn't know what they were voting for. They didn't understand. They yeah. thought they thought it was going to be we're going to drain the swamp. Yeah. Like this motherfucker just he just backed up the biggest sewer truck ever <laughs> to the swamp and he's <laughs> he's pumping shit in there like crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I agree, um, but I think the the only the all. And, again all we can do i think is to step back and fight fight the battle so here you know if you can think of the battlefield as being your your old school uh you know there's a, the goals over there capture the flag kind of battlefield your first battle is is ignorance your first enemy is ignorance trying to figure out how to get past the misinformation the d de- you know all that stuff just to get past ignorance e- educate yourself first of all the earth is not you don't think the earth's flat?
1: <laughs> I think we need to see a rock from the sky slam into the earth. I think that's what we need. We need like a small European city wiped out just so we go, oh, oh, okay. Well, this is this is crazy. What are we what are, we're concentrating on bullshit? Yeah. We're in a goddamn shooting gallery. Our life is just so short. Yeah. We don't understand the real spans of time. Yeah. Right. We don't understand that periodically this fucking whole thing is gonna get rattled. Yes, extremely. No doubt about it. It's coming.
0: Yeah, yeah and so I think that's you know it's idle you know idle hands are the devil's playground. You've heard that cliche, and yeah. I think that really is, you know. Um, so my prepper, that prepper side of me is that person who you know, what if we don't have, what if we don't have electricity for a week because of whatever, just for You'll whatever, be fine. for whatever just reason. Drink wine, yeah, just you know, just but just be uh, have an understanding of what that is, um, so that when. <laughs> It's just a starter, a precursor, or just a uh, a dry run of what what happens when that rock does fall from the sky, because it happens all the time. Yeah, His, you know, historically, historically it happens a lot, uh, and I do believe that that is the that would be the that would be the reset button. I'd prefer not to have that be the reset button. I'd re- I I'd prefer that our consciousness caught up with itself, and we just kind of start talking to each other.
1: I would like that too, but I think we need something. Yeah. You need a little shake them up. Maybe it right. doesn't even have to hit a city. Like, how about hit the ocean and we catch it on video? Just boom, mile high waves wipes out all of Carbon Beach and Malibu. Come on, son! All those billion dollar—they <laughs> call that billionaire beach? These but, fucking assholes. They but spend, it would
0: only work. It would only work if it if it was a global event, right? Because if it's isolated because we've had tsunamis at large, we don't care large cities. Yeah. We, nobody nobody does anything about it It would have to be we had Katrina that but that's down there with those people um, it needs to be something that's Nationwide that it, that hits all of us at the same time where we stop with this bullshit stop with this polarized bullshit and start talking to each other This is what happens
1: Connor connects with the left hand of Floyd Mayweather's <laughs> chin Floyd goes down and at the count of eight when he's about to get up the whole arena gets hit with a meteor boom Las Vegas is wiped <laughs> off the face of the planet, everybody's <laughs> dead, but we saw the feed up until the asteroid impact It's just one big bright spark of light, but and the, then everybody starts tuning into CNN There's a huge crater where Vegas used to be and the no asteroid though has
0: an EMP that hits every single feed That goes to every single camera and TV and it wipes out every electronic device. That's been watching the whole thing Oh, now you're getting too crazy. Yeah, uh, that's mean, that's, and that's that. so that, wait a minute. That's we just need out? to wipe out. Can Vegas. Can you help me out here?
1: We don't even need to wipe out Vegas. I love Vegas. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like we need something where people are. They have to. It has to, to, to affect them. It. it has to yeah. affect
0: them on some level that actually kickstarts their compassion gene. You, you know, yeah. You want, your, you want a, a balance between your survival gene and your compassion gene because you know you got to figure back a long time ago the thing that 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 helped us um be here today is we weren't we weren't stronger, we weren't faster, uh than we aren't we weren't larger than the things that were eating us. We had to be smarter, we had to be clever, we had to come up with ways to create something from nothing to be able to defend ourselves against the predators that were eating mm. us. So that creative that creative juice was there and we were trying to we were establishing food shelter and clothing as well as keeping protected from predators and it was that creative side of us that artistic side of us that actually was you know to that's what you have to thank that that creative side of us to keep us ahead of these creatures the elements um all these things. And as time has gone on, when you no longer are threatened by these things, there's, no, you know, there's plenty of clothes everywhere, pretty much plenty of food everywhere where we live. And a lot of idle hands. Yeah, a lot of idle hands. And so we've lost touch with that imminent threat. So we have, we started to turn on each other. Yeah. You know, all those so. girls with fake asses. People get mad.
1: I'm mad. That Iggy Azalea, what's her name? Iggy <coughs> I was reading all these people angry at her because of her ass is fat. Angry. Just angry at her fake ass.
0: Well, they don't even have a McRib here at the <laughs> McDonald's. I'm Does to Arizona
1: say. keep a McRib? I don't Twelve know. seasons. I don't know. But just that's, that's what i no yeah.
0: f- no no disrespect to the people that, that get caught up in that broken nail syndrome. But like that is what it is. It's you, you're, It's tragedies are. Not tragedies, right? So we need some kind of life-threatening something that's really global and it's it crosses religious economic uh, Social racial it has to cross all those lines to where people are like What the fuck?
1: Yeah, it has to expose microaggressions for the preposterous notion that they really are <laughs> Like if you get hit in the head with a meteor and someone gets mad at a microaggression they're two very different things
0: did you see that meteor almost hit him? Her! <laughs> okay, it, um, see that meteor almost hit her?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cisgendered piece of shit. <laughs> Living with all those cowboys in Arizona.
0: Yeah, whatever, bro.
1: I'm a big fan of Arizona. Use Some of my the, favorite people live there.
0: Use any one of my bathrooms. Feel free. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. Do you, do you have a restaurant there, too? Yeah, we just opened an Osteria. How so, the fuck do you have time for all this? Uh, I don't do it myself. Okay. Um, that's, that's I big. plan it. I get it all going, and then I hand it off to awesome people. That's a good move. So Jesse and Chris so you're a curator of and awesome Joe people. are running that thing. Um, uh, Brianna. Uh, it's an osteria. So. What is an osteria? Uh, basically, a wine bar with with food. So it's a you know a gathering place where you're like c- that place combining. we went to in Studio City. Yes. What's yes. that place called? Uh, Augustine Wine
1: Bar. God damn, that was good. Yeah. The Augustine. food was amazing yeah. too.
0: Yes. Awesome. Matthew Kaner. Wonderful place. They
1: brought out some like 1920 wine. Right? Oh yeah. We did some,
0: we, we just, was, I,
1: I was, you, you raped me that I did. night. Not, financially?
0: Yes. Financially. And uh, it wasn't my
1: idea. I didn't ask you to spend that much money. I don't know yeah. what kind of wine that was, yeah. but it was fascinating wine. It was like, Ooh, this is wine. Yeah. yeah. I kind of
0: got it for a brief moment. Yeah. And then I wandered off onto some tangent. I think I actually <laughs> said, I think I was like, Hey, set up a fight with me and Bourdain you wanted to fight somebody. I
1: don't think Bourdain. it was Bourdain. Was it Bourdain? Yeah, really? Anthony Bourdain.
0: <laughs> he might kill <laughs> you, like, dude. That was pretty drunk. He's crazy. Yeah.
1: Anthony's got the crazy gene, for sure. He's got that I used to be a former heroin addict and I almost died gene. Yeah. You know, it only gets activated in people that have like been to the brink of death. Yeah. I've met a bunch of people like that, though. I think it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's something that happened. There's some scary people like Matt Brown, the guy who fights in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Same kind of gene. He's got mm-hmm. that. Uh, I used to die. I, I died when I came back gene.
0: Yeah, I met him. He's a really nice guy.
1: He's <laughs> a nice guy, but yeah, but, but he's, there's it, that edge of like, I think maybe... They've been to the Darklands. <laughs> when people have been to the Darklands, they come back different. It's like Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. You know, you bury the cat, it comes back to life, and don't, it's like, okay. Don't bring the cat back to don't life. Fuck, don't <laughs> fuck with that cat. <laughs> That is something that happens to people when they've been to the dark
0: lands. Yeah. Yeah, so the Osteria, uh, Arizona grows its own wheat, so all of our pastas and breads are from Arizona wheat. Oh, okay. Let me ask you this. Is that is? (coughs) Can you please not do that? We're talking, Jimmy. Jimmy
1: fell. This is a new uh, (laughs) Jimi Hendrix poster that we have, if you notice in the background, folks. Because... uh... The old one was not really his mugshot. The new one is actually his mugshot. So we had it swapped out. This is the real Jimi Hendrix mugshot. So the something old fell one, off your wall I there. I bought, yeah. We'll have to thing fix broke. That. We'll have to fix that. Don't worry about it, folks. We're going to be fine. Um, is it true about wheat? That there are strains that are wild or or, uh, rather unmodified Mm -hmm. that are much more easy for the body to digest? Yeah,
0: so Hayden Mills is one of the many uh, down in Phoenix that are actually milling the local wheat. So they're looking, they're basically cultivating uh, around southern Arizona heirloom wheat, and that's the idea. Okay. They're going back to uh, the problem with it, of course, it's always got to give the, the give and take, is that those heirloom, pure heirloom wheats, they have far less. Complex glutens in them, uh, and there's far they don't produce as much wheat. So just your production on an acre of land is is significantly lower for this stuff. But it's tastier, it has more nutrients, um, and then from there, the next step, of course, is people understanding uh, time. So you're you're taking that wheat, you're milling it, and then when you go to make your bread, any kind of fermentation in that that you're getting your your uh, inoculating that to make your bread that sitting letting this dough sit overnight you're letting it rise for a longer period of time because that whole process is breaking down those glutens okay so my sourdough bread yeah you you wanna free so because most of your commercial commercial bread the fermentation, you know, the rising of that dough is is um, is almost instantaneous and it goes right in the oven and then people are like they are not chewing their food, they're just cramming it in and it's probably coming from uh, places that are doing a lot of pesticides and all the extra stuff that's going on those those crops. So the heirloom wheat movement ends up tying hand hand in hand with with understanding the slow food movement. Right. Uh, Take your take your minute, chew your food, uh, understand where your food comes from. Try to get it, you know, organic and local. Um, and it goes that goes all the way back to the wheat. So yes, yeah, mm. so there. So to answer your question, yeah, the there is what happened is it. they over you know, World War One, two, trying to make sure that people are going to be fed during those wars. They were manipulating the wheat so that it was much higher production wheat, but now the flavor has gone, the nutrition's not there. Uh, It being resistant to all these things, that all the glutens are very complex. And then, so when you're actually baking, making the bread out of these things, uh, or making pastas out of them, it's just there's all this extra crap. You know, if you created a Frankenstein's monster with this wheat, Mm. so your body, of course, is reacting to all those things that have nothing to do with actually having bread or having wheat.
1: It's a very controversial subject because a a lot of people try to claim that there's no difference between the wheat of today and the wheat of the past. And they also try to claim that the only people that have issues with gluten are people that have gluten sensitivity, celiac disease, things along those lines. And my, my gripe with that is that I always feel that the people that say that, they don't have a good sense of their body. I don't think they're real athletes, because I think when you talk to a real athlete, I'm not saying that you can't perform like a real Mm world-class athlete by eating pasta. You definitely can. What I think is we want to talk about total optimization. If you want to talk about your body like running as smoothly as possible, for me at least, I notice a difference between eating a lot of bread and gluten, which I used to do a lot, mm-hmm. and not doing it. Right. When I don't do it, I just feel better. I have right. more energy. I feel like my body struggles less to digest the food, and I don't have the big crash after the food is over. It yeah. doesn't mean that I can't perform on it. Right. Like I don't have a gluten sensitivity issue. Like I can eat it. It's not that's not the product like if someone said well, oh, you're fine. You eat it. It's, it's no big deal it, It's not that it's no big deal. I don't think it's the optimal thing to do. I just think that It's delicious. I don't mm-hmm. think it's killing me But I don't think if you want to like give your body the very best fuel pasta like regular pasta isn't that fuel But I wonder if you can get some of that heirloom pasta if you would notice a difference I wonder if you would feel the difference
0: in trying the two okay, so Similar conversation parallel. You're in you're in Italy. You're having bottles of wine. You're having dinner It tastes great. You had a good time you woke up next day. You didn't have a hangover all those things Over here. I have wine and I get hangovers and I get sick and I do those things And it's like so it must be that the Italian wine is better or has less sulfites or something like that It's like well most likely what it was is over here. You're a fat pig and you sat in your house and you drank a bottle of wine with your buddies without taking a walk in a foreign country because you're walking to your restaurant there, you're having food and you're eating over the course of three hours with your friends and you're eating food with your wine. You're eating less of it. Most likely, it has a lower alcohol content because it's meant to go with food rather than being this Mountain Dew with alcohol in it that you get out of California. Right. You know, it's it's. there's are all on these... California wines. Is that we just? Not. Did? I did not. I didn't. Is an
1: alpha, a California Arizona thing we're going on right it now. Maybe.
0: Maybe.
2: Cal- Cal- you're fucked. You're right. all fucked. Okay. Good. Irish wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. So. I think there's an experiential thing that's happening with those conversations. And it's the same thing with the pasta. Uh, Pasta makes me feel sluggish. You ate 17 pounds of it. Right, right. Don't eat 17 pounds of it. But yes, going back to having just the initiation of like understanding the conversation of heirloom wheat and understanding that there's a difference, arguing that there's a difference. Even if there isn't, now you're looking at it. Maybe you're having less of it. Right. Maybe you're maybe you're portioning out better and you're paying attention to your diet more. Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I read something about the French, how the French are always eating uh, bread, but they do have that older wheat bread and they eat a lot of fats with their bread. Like it's constantly with butter and oil and they cook with a lot of butter and oil <clears throat> and that those carbs in that oil together, apparently it's just a better fit for your digestive system. I could,
0: I could see that. You I kind of did that. Uh, I didn't stick to it letter of the law, but I did a little bit of the ketogenic yeah. diet for a minute where I cut out sugars, carbs, all those things. Which How'd you is, feel? Uh, I felt a lot better right away. Yeah. Now, now I go back and I'll have some pasta once or twice a month in small portions. I'll have some bread, but I don't eat a lot of it. I enjoy it better now. I enjoy yeah. it more. It's not just- It's a treat. It's a treat. It's an, you know, then at that point, like you know, proteins and vegetables are the staple- and i have i have treats now
1: yeah i feel the exact same way i feel like i have my nutrition which is like i try to eat really healthy food 80% of the time and then <clears throat> 20% of the time i like to go to a restaurant and get linguine with clams you know it's just yeah. a, it's just an experience it's yeah. a
0: delicious experience i know it's not
1: the best thing for me but it's a
0: treat yeah you're you you know, this is, you get one life, so let's enjoy it.
1: Also, especially like what you're doing, like having when you have a restaurant, I mean, you're selling an experience, right? Like yeah. it's just yeah. delicious wines and delicious foods and the right. two of them together with conversation. It's all that, you know, and you're like, oh, try this, try this. You know, like when people are doing that, it's mm-hmm. like this whole sensory experience is all combined together. It's not just about nutrition. Right. It's about the art of creating this yeah. sensory experience. Because one food. could
0: argue that your, your well-being uh, is is you're you're actually increasing your life experience here and your and your quality of life by having uh, this experience with these people with these wines that you'll actually feel better tomorrow next week because yeah. of that interaction because of that show even though like that's straight butter and that's straight you know yeah and wine but yeah. no I think you're hundred percent right
1: I think that's uh, that's sort of an overlooked aspect of health. Is that like positive experiences and 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 just also like when you go to a really good restaurant and especially if you get to meet the cook mm-hmm. you know like you meet someone who cooked something for you and you can say thank you and you have this like cool feedback with the person who made your food it's like there's something going on there it's like this exchange it's and it's it's like a sandcastle in the way it's beautiful and it's amazing and wow the fucking the skill involved in creating it but then it's going right. to go away you know it's gone it's it was a temporary experience right. and in this world of you know the NSA stockpiling text messages and dick pics in some fucking warehouse in Utah. You know we lo- we get it long. That's where it's That's at. Where it, is. it is. Okay. They've got a, a, a address. I don't know the address. <laughs> if I, d- I noted, it, I wouldn't give it out. They'd come get me. Right. They'd come get you and tell you. Now we're doubling down on your dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> they got a fucking warehouse, gigantic like Costco, filled with uh, well, mine would have to be drives. a slightly bigger warehouse, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no.
2: A bigger fucking Irish warehouse, (laughs) yeah, fuck.
1: Yeah, I I think, um, I mean, in the concerts too, right? Like, live concerts are kind of that way too, right? Like, that's a a temporary experience. I mean, there's one thing to listen to a song that you have on your phone. You can listen to it over and over again. But when you're going to see a live concert, you're experiencing the guy, like, on stage... Sing that song. You're experiencing the sound coming out of the guitar right when the guy's touching right.
0: the chords. That's why this. That's why this stuff annoys me. The the phones at the shows because. Right. I'm a firm believer in oral tradition. I feel like I'm I, not a firm believer. I just I embrace the storytelling. I embrace right. that whole tradition of oral tradition and being able to ex- describe to your friends that sitting around that you know fire after a good long day of hunting where you tell the story of the hunt and you do all those things and those and those family stories and other you know if your grandfather's and your great-grandfather's father stories are told in that setting and you have to remember that there's you're not writing it down it's a it's a it's a tradition of, of understanding the details and being able to explain and and expand on the details from your recollection of what you saw but if you have no skills of absorbing what you saw if you rely on this thing To capture those stories for you, first of all, nothing you're gonna get at a show is gonna be represent that represent what you just saw or what you were there for. I guess as a postcard, I suppose it works, but like, it's not. You know, stay present, stay with these people, to to be there for this thing. Uh, That's far more important, and you know, also as courtesy, because maybe the person behind you would like to be that person who's pulling this all out, and now your shit's in their way.
1: People hold up fucking iPads. Those 12-inch iPads. I yeah. saw some dude at the Laugh Factory the other day had a fucking iPad. The people behind you have to, like... Yeah.
2: You're holding up an
1: iPad. It's crazy. At yeah, concerts, think, you see,
0: everybody's got their phone out. So that, you know, your first that first barrier we talked about, the ignorance, just getting past, understanding how to just uh, get past not just what you think you know, you know, all those things, erasing erasing everything you think you know, get past the igno- your own ignorance, first of all. Right. Uh but just then that situational awareness is kind of goes in hand in hand with that. Who are you not only in your world, but who are you in other people's world? When I'm driving, my, my primary mission is to get out of your way. I want to get out of the way. I want to get where I'm going. I want to get out of the way. I don't want to have you get out of my way because I'm going to a place. I'm paying attention to where you are as I'm driving. Because if I think like that, if I think I'm in your way, this is all going to work out better. Mm. We're, all going to, we're all going to get along. If you think like that on the road, like, I am in your way. Let me figure out how I can make sure that I'm, I'm getting where I'm going. I'm not going to put myself out. I'm not just going to pull over the side of the road while you all drive by. I'm, I'm going to get out of the way so that I make it convenient for you to get where you're going as well. We're all going someplace, right? We're in a car. We're on right. Let's not, let's not fight here.
1: Yeah, let's not film ourselves driving either. Right. I saw someone facetiming while they're driving (laughs) the other day (laughs) Holding up the phone talking to (laughs) someone I'm passing by. I saw a dude doing Candy Crush a while back playing Candy Crush on his phone while he was driving It's like whoa People film fireworks does anybody ever watch it? That makes no sense to me Yeah, you send it dude. You wouldn't believe the fireworks. I'm gonna send it to you dude. Please send it I can't wait to see it (laughs) I can't is wait to that, see is that, that <laughs> video of
2: fireworks? Can I put it on Instagram?
1: Do you mind if I regram your fireworks? Hey <laughs> bro, uh, I'd rather you not. I'd really like all the hits. This is yeah. a big, uh, big part of my social media. I want all the hits media. on that
0: awful video that's out of focus. <laughs> you, can't ex-
1: you can't even tell what the fuck it is. Just see some lights flashing off. But when you go to a fireworks display, you see 50 fucking
2: people holding up their goddamn phones. Yeah. What are you doing? Live your goddamn life!
1: Live your fucking life, right? Speaking to live your life, when you, since you <laughs> have so wound many... wound up, man. I'm always wound up. I got problem. Calm down. I ran today. Connor.
2: Fucking settle down. <laughs> settle down, I'll put you down.
1: <laughs> well, you have so many different projects. How do you choose, like, what to... Like, when you take on something like a restaurant or, you know, opening this jujitsu school or any of the number, numerous projects that you do, you already are so fucking busy. You have a family. You already have these businesses and bands how do you decide like what to do you just go on your
0: instinct like what to do uh well you know everything has its own individual needs so and the you know when it comes to bands or touring or writing there are absolute needs and processes uh lead times right if you're gonna put out a book you have to you have to understand that there's a hello he said as he held. Wrote a book his, too. It's fuck. He plugged the, the guy biography. makes me feel lazy.
1: He's one of the few people I know that makes me actually. Feel lazy. I've wrote, I wrote it's it with Sarah.
0: Right. I, you know, I, I, was, I was involved. Uh, you can credit goes Sarah, Sarah Jensen, Jensen with yes. Maynard
1: James Keenan. Yes. Ooh, a perfect union of contrary things. Boom. Hmm.
0: With my American. Um, yeah. So I, it's it's uh, it's understanding, organizing your time, delegating, is huge. Delegating is huge understanding what it's going to take what kind of effort. It's going to take for those things Uh, When it comes to winemaking I'm locked down for that period of time when it comes to writing for example with a tool or with perfect circle or Pulsifer, Understanding uh, You know timing and we can get into that in a minute wait wait now, okay Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so it's it really does come down to understanding I'm really good at planning uh, you know, planning ahead and, and looking at things. So if I think, uh, if if somebody comes along and says, "Hey, we're going to do a, we're thinking about doing a film. You want to be in the film?" I go, "Well, when is it?" Because I already have my year. You should see my schedule. It's it's year and a half out. I'm really, you're of, just locked in. Yeah, because there's you know there's things that I know that if uh, for example if you're going to put out uh, vinyl as a band, generally speaking, unless you're somebody who can make some calls and and cut some corners. If you're going to deliver a master uh, to actually cut vinyl, um, and nowadays you want your vinyl to come out on the day that your record comes out. You don't want it to be a delayed thing and have it all be scattered. Um, it takes, you know, three months. That That's your... That's your lead time for production. No less than no less than three months. Is and what, you is have
1: what need. like an you have to make an order, like say like X amount of thousands that you have yeah, printed. Yeah. So
0: you have to plan ahead. So if you if the if you finally get all your shit together and you've got your you got your masters, you're going to do a thing. Um, uh, then you have to go. Okay. Well, then once that's once that's there, uh, the release date can't be any sooner than this date. Well, if that date is. January 1st That's not good Nobody releases a record On January 1st Why is that? Just because it's a bad time To release a record You just came out of Christmas It's like It's it's like Business wise You just don't You just don't do that um, Having a rock concert On a New Year's Eve That's a different thing people, Right People are out partying They're going to do their thing So You're going to release A record in the spring You're going to release A record in the fall That's when you release it Generally speaking People release all summer As well But the optimum times Are optimum times so just knowing that, okay, well, if it takes that long to produce the record and get, you know, set up press and do interviews, you know, as for lead times in a magazine or online where, they, you know, interviews are scheduled out. We had this planned months ago, a couple of months ago yeah. because I couldn't just, you couldn't, you wouldn't just call me last week and go, Hey, you're going to come in now. Right. We don't know what our schedules are. So you're thinking ahead. Right. So the same thing with, with the music, you're always, you're always kind of looking ahead to go, well. In order to deliver that master that means we had to be mastering that piece by here and we had to be mixing and you know mixing and then looking at the mixes again and fixing anything it's going to retract something any kind of you know scrambling last minute before mixing that's going to take this amount of time well in order to mix we have to track right so you have to have everything written before you can actually track it to mix it generally speaking so that means all the songs have to be written by this day if you're going to record all of them and mix all of them and master all of them and release them all on the same day Right. Wow. So you have to think all the way back to that day. Like where are we today? Are those songs finished today? Well, then we can start recording them tomorrow Or next week. Now, how do you know when a song is
1: finished? Like do you if you give yourself a deadline, Like, say if you say, um, you know, we have six months to complete this album or whatever it would be and you have a song that, like, man, it's just something about the song it just doesn't feel right. It's not done. Just something feels off. Like, how do you, uh, how do you finish something by a deadline?
0: Um, sometimes you don't.
1: So you, do you just take it out of the album and uh, put it aside for later, or how do you, how do you do that?
0: Yeah, I, I, of course that varies with everybody. Um, if it's not ready, it's not ready. So you keep delaying and try to get it right, I guess, or you second guess it, or you start realizing. Uh, these are just songs. We should hmm. probably just finish
1: them. Hmm. But you know, remember that feeling when you were a kid, where you get an album and some of the songs were just fucking amazing, and then you would hear like one or two, and you're like, "What the fuck
0: is this piece of shit? Right. <laughs>
1: How did this get on a Rolling Stones album?"
0: You well, know? most likely it's <laughs> because they had a deadline, and their record yeah. company made them. They didn't, you know, they were locked into a contract that mm-hmm. said that they had to deliver by a certain time. Right. But if you're not locked into that kind of a contract, then you can kind of take forever, which is an equally awful thing. To Are not. you
1: free of contracts now? Are you your own man uh, when it comes to music? Tool
0: has one more record under a contract. Um, Perfect Circle just signed up for a a one a one album deal through a uh, through a company um, to do a you know one off album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pulsifer is an independent project. We've been independent from the beginning. So do you prefer that? Uh, or is there I, benefits to both? I think that, I think there's benefits to all those things. depends on you know depends on how many how much how many trust issues you have. I guess like if you're going to work with a large company, if you can trust them to handle and carry some of the water on some of these things without it getting lost or spilled or you know dumped, um, yeah, you can work with a company like that. It depends on your goals, I suppose
1: is it like more of a benefit now that you're I mean especially I don't know I don't know if now you're dealing with the resurgence of vinyl but it's been pretty steady over the last few years right it's kind of like a yeah like a mason jar type thing people yeah. are into old funky stuff you know
0: yeah well i think there's 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 still that nostalgic yeah uh, feel of touching the vinyl and, and being able to have have that thing and listen to it there is a difference um but i feel like Going back to what you had mentioned earlier about people realizing, oh, we—I think we need to start looking and, and talking to each other again and, and reconnecting. And I feel like vinyl is another tip of that iceberg of that, that right. reconnection of like it's not long. It's this is so temporary and so yeah, uh, one, digital. Yeah, so So one EMP away from all that stuff being gone, your entire all those experiences you wasted, you were. You were recording the fireworks rather than actually looking at the fireworks, and then you lost your, you dropped your phone in the toilet, oh, and it's gone. It's
4: gone. Uh, or or an EMP wipes
0: out all of the servers that are on your cloud, and so all those photos that you thought were safe somewhere are no longer safe. <sighs>
1: You're freaking me out, man.
0: You're right. No. But Yeah, so um, I think vinyl, there's, that, there's a connection. There's a, uh, a tactile. Does it sound better? I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Oh, it, it depends on. Um, uh, are you Are you Creed? It's never going to sound better. How dare you? What about Nickelback? Let's shit on all how the was, bands you can
1: shit on them with a free punch. Hurry up. <laughs>
4: well, get get all your mean, shots in. Menudo your,
1: was a good one. In Sync was always a good one. Menudo. Whoa, yeah. you went deep. Deep. Backstreet Boys. Remember, <laughs> you, you should be You'd be able to punch. Punch down on them. Uh. That was an easy shot. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Menudo album. Did you? No. Um, Nobody takes more punches than Nickelback. Yeah. They take a lot of shots. Yeah. People yeah. just go after them. Yeah. And they're like,
0: they never fight back. They're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> well, because they know on some level they asked for it. Sorry. How'd they asked for it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just jumping in on, the, on this Rat Pack. They make good stripper music. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, they make good pole music. Yeah. Right. If girls spin around on a pole. Right, it's Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, I think that is the, that's the the vinyl connection. I think is there's a lot of guys nowadays, uh, like you know Tool for example, would just they like analog. Mm. They, they like tracking to tape, and to really translate those things, uh, vinyl is your perfect medium for that thing. It's just not very convenient. There's no record stores. There's like right. When I released uh, the first Pussifer record in 2007, from the time we started recording that record to the time we released it, there was one number of stores when we started recording, and there was one-fifth the number of stores actually in existence by the time we actually released it. Wow. The record industry stopped. And went away during that period of time. So, so two
1: thousand seven was when the wave rolled back, like you could see it, it happen. It was
0: gone. And it was gone. And that was still oh. with Best Buys that were still selling CDs, was still part of that one twentieth. Wow. So now this is all it's all rolled back to where the small independent stores that weren't greedy, that really had a relationship with their customers, that enjoyed vinyl, that had all those things, those are the ones that have survived and thrived, like Amoeba. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those kind of, but much smaller versions of those things, like Zia Records and in and, uh, and, um, Arizona.
1: Yeah, I've seen a few of those on the road, and I've gone into a bunch of them, and they're kind of cool. It's it's a totally different thing. It's almost like
0: you're going to an antique store. Or yeah, something. Stinkweeds is great. If you ever go through uh, Stinkweeds, oh uh, yeah, See? where's that in uh, in Arizona? Oh, uh, what what far? I, th- I, temp- I think Tempe. I Tempe. know, oh, uh, Kimber going to kill me. Tempe, because um, I couldn't remember what it is.
1: I used to do the Tempe Improv all the time. That's a cool little spot. Yeah. Tempe's an interesting little town. Yeah. Yeah, that whole area is really awesome. So, um when you when you make a run of those things, you kind of have to decide like as they're selling when to to make more of them too, right? Yeah, well as as
0: a small project like Pusifer, you're, you know, we're writing the checks, so you don't want to yeah. over you don't want to overproduce these things because then you're kind of sitting on them and and for us at the level that we're operating, you always want to operate in that level where it's sustainable. Right. Um, that's kind of a beat word but yeah I mean, you know I use it all the time because it's yeah. the most accurate word to really look yeah sustainable if I can keep this thing to keep this thing alive I don't want to keep going back to other pockets of money to make this thing like this thing should stand on its own so you have to be making all these decisions as if this is an independent business on its own ready to survive and so yeah you have to pay attention to if they want you know if they want 10 make 9 mm.
1: interesting yeah they want 10 make 9 give the people wanting more always always don't always. don't live past your means alright stay up there stay yeah. up there in the, that good Goldilocks zone yes do you anticipate um ever trimming it down to one band or do you do you like working on three different projects
0: well I think just the nature of 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 tool uh in general uh I'll jump into them uh obvious one to use just their their process and their writing process is is so drawn out and i mean i'm I'm sure there's a lot of reasons that go into why the delay has been so long um but when you have a project like that there's always going to be time for me to do other things and i will i will definitely i just like doing it right i like doing it more i like to release records and write things a little more quickly than those guys like to write so their process um, is uh, very analytical, and I think you know at some point maybe because so much time has gone by uh, with uh, from the last album, there has to be some a little bit of fear in there, you know, in your gut, like how's or is this record going to be as good as the last one? Uh, you know, the anticipation now is now the pressure is huge, so I'm sure there's some of that goes into play. But as far as the way that uh, Danny and Adam and Justin write, it's a very, very tedious, uh, long process. And they're always going back over things and questioning what they did and stepping back and going back farther and going forward. And in a way, it's like they're, they're laying a foundation. They're putting in the footings for a house. So I can't write, I can't write melodies until the footings are in place. I can't write words until the melodies are in place. So I can't, like, I can't build walls and then start decorating this place until the foundation is in place. Because if they keep changing the foundation, changing the footings, the melodies change, and then the story, of course, isn't getting written. So that's where we are. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of footings that keep shifting, lots of awesome footings, but they keep changing, so, and they keep changing their minds. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, it's just their process and is this
1: a, a challenge for you to kind of manage your own personal expectations with the work of others and like because I know you're so you're very prolific and you're a guy that just like you're very disciplined so you're always grinding and then when you manage those expectations and you're dealing with a bunch of other artists and you're all c- com- you know converging together yeah, yeah converging together on this project mm-hmm.
0: converging, yeah this, I make a word up I think he I just made it up uh yeah. yeah so like you know when you have a lot of very strong willed stubborn uh opinionated people that have had success my myself included like when you yeah. when you give somebody some success they're pretty they're pretty convinced they're right yeah you know so so it's hard to it's hard to talk to me or it's hard to talk to them it's hard to talk to people that are in that position because they've been successful um and so you you think that the reason you got there is because of whatever position it is you're taking today right um which is fine, uh, but our you know our process has has evolved over the years, uh, and that you know that stubborn nature. You try, you have to again take a step back, and not take any uh, any of these things personally. You know that's our tendency. It's like why is you right? You you, know, you get that way. It's and a familiarity much, breeds contempt, kind of thing.
1: How much of the problem is expectations of the fans? Because fans, like, want new shit. Come on, where's the fucking new shit? Come on, bro. And
0: that's, you know, I'm sure that that was around 15, 20 years ago, but without social media and without that direct access of bitching. Yeah. (laughs) um, You know, like, the star reviews on, like, the, on iTunes when people are, like, writing reviews of shows or Mm -hmm. music or movies or whatever. It's like, again, go to a master, learn from the master, to the point where you are now, you have mastership. All of that's gone. He's just like, it fucking suck It took forever to load. I don't like the guy with that hair. Fuck mm. this one, one star. Like,
1: right. Uh, okay. But people like being able to do that. Yeah, they love it. Especially if you work at, like, Jiffy Lube. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're on your fucking break and you're smoking right. a cigarette and you're farting and you're sitting there and right. you're like, fuck this song, fuck this outfit, fuck his
0: head. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like it doesn't ever really make dumb. sense. So, you know, so in my brother's defense, it, even Billy from Perfect Circle, uh, it, it he's, he's slow-moving as well. Um, but he has a lot of, you know, now we're starting to work on stuff that it's taken many years for him to kind of build up the cache of things that we're, you know, we're digging into, to look at things that have been in development for, you know, the last six, eight, ten years.
1: Well, you seem to have found this interesting balance because you're such a... F- Um, You you have so many different things that require your focus, but you're also so you you're you're one of those dudes that has to get shit done. I've met a lot of guys like you that just like I'm getting shit done. Like you're either in my way or you're gonna help me or you're gonna get the fuck out of my way. But I'm getting shit done. And so you're like, okay, I can't get shit done over here. I'm gonna get shit done over here. Right. I'm gonna go do this. I'm right. gonna start a wine company. Now I'm making a restaurant. Oh look, I have a jujitsu school. Look, I wrote a book. Right. You're like, like, right. like you're you're just constant with. It's fascinating right. because you're also pretty at peace. Like you found like this strange balance of activity right. and then also relative isolation in your small area. Well, it took
0: me a while to like you know my my desire to move forward. Go go go. And get things done, you know, I'm always butting hands, uh, heads with and the guys in the band and in Tool uh, to get those things done. And just it's just not their process. So I, it took me a while for me to go, this is not personal. This is just them. This is just the way that they have to do it. And I have to respect it. And I have to take my time and let them take their time. And I just check in. I just go, I come and I see what's going on. Hey, Justin, uh, send, me, send me the track, see w- where we're at. Is this thing done? If this thing is done, 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 and I can start writing words and music on it, great. But I've had instances where I've started to write stuff, and by the time I actually got it around and back and we're actually listening and whatever, the, t- <laughs> the song had gone in a completely different direction. Mm. So everything that was written melody-wise or lyric-wise was completely irrelevant. Now I have to start over. Is that weird because you guys aren't in the same location physically? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like- I can sit there in that room, uh, and be with them in that room, but their process is so tedious, and so like Rain Man, that mm. I just can't. I I just start <laughs> fucking folding in on myself. Like you know, I'll be right
2: back. I Gotta go make pasta.
1: <laughs> I,
0: get, but I gotta. I'll be right back. I gotta go. Uh, take five years to plant a vineyard because you'll still be right where you were when I left. <laughs> um, but it's it's a great thing. What they're doing is a wonderful. It, I completely back what yeah, they're doing. I see what you're saying. Uh, there's no I, other way to do it. I, there's no other way for them to do it right. for me I can I can move much more quickly if you'll let if you'll let me help you I've done You know, I've wrote, written a few songs. In fact, I was involved in many of them um, The ones that we've done so we could do that, but I think This is what that this is what they need to do uh, and I'm, I'm okay with it. I you know you got to get a little friction in there so I have to come in and you know and puff my chest out a little bit and, and be aggressive and let's you know, let's let's move it guys let's move it um and that works for a minute uh and we we definitely make traction but if i were to do that every day it would just become a part of the friction more friction rather than actually getting anything done that seems
1: like one of the biggest problems with bands right Is just getting the personalities together yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 we're definitely very strong for very strong personalities um you know same thing uh, with Billy, working with Billy with Perfect Circle. Um, he gets a little forest for trees sometimes. Uh, and I'm like the guy going, what? what? Step back. Look at it. Um, and then I'm out the door. For poor guy's going, where'd you go? <laughs> um, uh, and then, you know, working with Matt Mitchell and Karina and, uh, and Pussifer, um, we all generally work with or for other projects and other people. So when we get together, we are fucking streamlined organized. We go, okay, I'll check in with the guys and tool and go, okay, where are we at? What do we got? Uh, are we there? Is it like, are we going to track tomorrow? Because if we're going to track tomorrow, I can tell you, great, then this is, we're going to line this up. But if we're not going to track tomorrow and it's going to take this much time, well, then I'm going to do this other thing while we're telling me when that day is. Right. right? When we're... When we're ready to start, when these are done, I can take my time to write on them. I, <laughs> I mean, in, in all fairness, I should take my 10 years to write lyrics now. <laughs> but I won't do that. Uh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll digest these things as quickly as I can and, and, and keep that moment, that freshness of uh, what the, my impressions are of the finished tracks. And we'll start. But nothing's you know, nothing is tracked yet. Nothing is completely finished. There's a couple of songs that I think are finished now. I can start working on those. Um, but nothing's actually recorded. They're just all... They're just written. Right. Um, so that leaves time. So I can actually go and work with uh, with Billy. I can work with Matt and Karina um, and and get other things done in the interim so there's so there's more.
1: You know, when you write something, like say if you have an idea, if you're just sitting around, you're like, I have a thought. Do you just sit down and do you go, okay, this is a Tool song, this is a Perfect Circle song, this is a Pussifer song? Does it just like...
0: No, because what I'm what I'm writing to is is the music that I'm hearing from those people. So that's all you write to. I write to the music because that way it's a unique it's a unique island situation. Mm. Those those things are gonna. Whenever I've tried to write, I've got some poetry sitting over here that I want to write, and I've tried to uh, force it onto a song for any of those projects. It doesn't work. It Mm. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to fit.
1: So you need to hear the song I need, I need
0: to hear the finished thing You know fi- almost finished thing and then
1: put lyrics to it.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah Get them get the melodies in place get the rhythms as if I'm an instrument and is then that I how can...
1: you guys did that Fibonacci song?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that was a really unique undertaking How what,
1: what was the process behind that? Like did you did you say hey, it would be a nifty idea do something to a mathematical sequence
0: nope no, uh that was a complete accident uh, I think it was i think it was Adam or Justin who had the riff, and at some point they were actually counting counting the riff and it ended up being in uh seven eight nine I think it was like a you know a a measure of seven a measure of a measure of nine I'm not sure how you would actually write that out as a and note and notation but um you know. I think 789 is a Fibonacci number. Um, just that, you know, the actual 789, mm-hmm. I think. I think. Uh, I have to look at it again. It might be 987. For people
1: who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, the Fibonacci sequence is a very unique mathematical sequence that appears in nature. It's uh, it's in fractals. It's in sunflowers. If you look at, like, the pattern of sunflower seeds, if you look at nautilus shells, and what it is, it's uh, an expanding fractal sort of a mathematical equation I don't know if I'm saying it correctly but it's like the first step is zero and then there's one and then there's one, 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 two, one, three, five, two, eight. two plus th- yeah and right. it just keeps going on so. but that's
0: the that's the Fibonacci number like the right. whole number like actual number sequence there's there's the uh, phi ratio one point right. one point six one eight anything multiplied by the one point six one eight that that or not, not multiplied the relationship uh the difference, uh, the difference in the length from uh, this finger to this finger as opposed to this finger to that finger, those, those knuckles uh, in your digits, those are all in that, in that relationship of 1.618, the phi relationship, so that the fractals, as it's, as it's growing, that progression is, uh, is, that, is that ratio. And then the number breakdown is, as you said, it's 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13. Yeah, so like so one on.
1: plus one is two, two right. plus one is three, three plus two is five, right. five plus three is eight, and it's like everything you you count, you add what came before it, and you got a, it, a spiral
0: uh, picture like of a uh, Giza plateau showing you the. Mm.
1: Well, also facial structure, which is really fascinating. Yeah. There's something about human facial structure that uses the Fibonacci sequence, and I read where about why people recognize plastic surgery while it disturbs them. Boom. Yeah, it's like what's going on with the sequence? Like the sequence is off.
0: <laughs> so my friend. Uh, yeah, here it
1: is. Yeah, my friend. the Fibonacci relationships of the human head, and yeah. it,
0: it's all. Uh... I had a friend who said, you know how when you know a you know a a, a family has had a child who has Down syndrome, right? There's there's a there, it crosses racial divides. It just you can tell this this family has had that that child has Down syndrome. There's mm-hmm. a look that goes along with it. He said it's the same look. You know, not the same look, but, like, it's the same recognition of people who have had uh, facial plastic surgery. Mm. You recognize, you're not fooling anybody. You right. are You've done a thing that's recognizable universally as wrong. Something's wrong with your face. Something isn't, isn't off. Yeah, it's off. Yeah. But I thought it was funny that he was actually connecting it to Down, no disrespect to people with Down syndrome, but... Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah.
1: yeah, but but is like when you see someone with a disease, you're like oh, there's clearly an error here in the code.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and the and the facial reconstruct like the you know, plastic surgery because I'm just oh shit, I, I'm getting older. Just a
1: foolam. Well, the nose thing too is weird. <laughs> like when someone has a uniquely small nose and mm-hmm. their face, you know, they might have like a long like Ari Shafir type face, but then they have this like shrunken down nose. You're like, hey, yeah, like this seems fucked. Right. This doesn't there's a ratio that's supposed to exist and yeah, it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not Why fair. your lips
0: But you know, in a in a in a in a way, a song like Lauteralis with the Fibonacci thing, that's that's a, I feel like I kind of pulled a very pedestrian sophomoric move by including those numbers in there because in general music is The fire ratio, everything, everything that all nature, all these things we're talking about, it's already here by, by pointing it out, like staring at it and pointing at it with those numbers uh, present and the, and the way that the the numbers and the lyrics are, I feel like that, you know, it's good to let people know about it, but I almost feel like it was kind of a, it was kind of a dick joke Mm. in a way. It's, it's, um, I could do better. That's interesting.
1: Are you one of those ruthlessly introspective guys? Just
0: too much. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, probably so. Anybody's
1: <laughs> any good at anything does that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's no other way around. Good it. thing. Good thing I'm not good at anything. It's
1: almost like you have a guard dog that you turn on yourself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit.
1: You know what I mean? It's like you know, like figure out what's wrong with me. Get him. I mean, me. Get me. And then you, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Fire fucked. I'm my own guard dog. One shot to the dome. <laughs> I break the guard. I punch through the guard. My shots go through your guard. <laughs> Keep your hands up. Okay, that's enough Connor. Go on over here. Ah, you're fucked. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> fucked.
1: Yeah, but that's um that's a uh characteristic that I see in almost everybody that I respect. They all think that everything they do sucks. <laughs> Or at least they have very, very high standards and are often disappointed by their own work.
0: Well, you know, I think I have some of that, but I also have that idea of, like, it's something that my father, I I don't know if I talked about uh, my dad with you, but um, he was my wrestling coach in high school. Uh, He was also my uh, earth science, biology, and environmental studies teacher. Really? He was my teacher.
1: Oh, what a drag. You went to school yeah. with your, your dad being the
0: teacher? That would yeah. be fucking <laughs> but hard. But I learned a lot because he was no joke. He didn't pull any punches for right. me. He, you know, he drove me as hard, if not harder than uh, his other students. He didn't show any favoritism. But one of the things that was always his thing on the mat, uh, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but basically you, you either win or you learn, mm. uh, especially in that high school college setting. You're, you're, you're learning about yourself. If you if you went out there and you got your ass handed to you and you just got beat and didn't learn anything, well, yeah, you're a fucking loser. You take the moment, reflect on it, build on what you did wrong, and you now you're actually, in a way, you've won. You've, now you know more about yourself. You know about more your, your limitations or what you need to improve and, and expand your talents or your limitations. So I guess whenever I'm doing a thing, I'm always looking at it from... A learning perspective, so there aren't necessarily mistakes unless they're fatal, and then mm. you wouldn't know anyway. So, whatever.
1: That really is the right way to look at everything. You yeah. win or you learn. Yeah. You know, you have g- great experiences because you were successful, or you have very beneficial experiences because you realized what went wrong. Yeah. But you know, just one more wrinkle, one more piece of information, or one more experience that you can add to your database of knowledge. And it'll make you better at everything you so do.
0: So that, in a lot of ways, that's my biggest frustration in life is when there is something that kind of goes wrong and I can't figure out what it was. Mm. That's frustrating for me because I can't I can't build on it. I can't learn from it, but I don't understand what, what went wrong. Well, whether what, it's a relationship or whether it's something I tried to build or something I did. Or prof- How often does that happen? Uh a lot you know i you know there's a couple of times i've actually had an opportunity to do a, a vocal with somebody else as a guest singer and i f- you know rehearsal was great and then you blew it for, mm. the, for the main uh event and i'm like what did i do wrong i did everything the same and until you can actually pinpoint that and figure out what it was I, i'm a fucking mess like i'm slipping i'm waking up in the middle of the night trying to figure out what the fuck went wrong?
1: Yeah, that's the same with comedy. It's one flub joke or one one premise that you botched, and just yeah, you wake up. I'll wake up to pee and go fuck. You know, just ugh. And right. Then I have to go downstairs and get in front of the computer and just start writing again. <laughs> you know, I just get mm-hmm. angry. I yeah. just say, I gotta fix this fucking thing. I gotta figure out what's wrong with it. I gotta make it bulletproof. Right. Yeah, it's um, you're a unique guy in that you. You're you're all these different things that you're doing. I feel like they kind of like work synergistically. They have to. Yeah, I don't feel like you're going. I don't think like you're battling yourself. I know people that are battling themselves. You know, with all the different things. But you,
0: this all feeds everything. The stories. You know, I'm a storyteller, so I'm involved in a lot of life. I'm trying. I'm doing things on many, many levels, because in order to tell a full, more complete picture, a better story. Having more information, a good, a good actor is going to do his research on the character, beyond the character. He's going to find out about the region the character is supposedly from and right. their history, their family's history. And, you know, they're going to add all these things in so that, like, when they have their one line, all that history is behind their eyes. Mm. Uh, so I feel like that's, you know, for writing, uh, for winemaking, they're all crossing over together. They're all feeding each other to make it to make it a whole presentation. Yeah, when you're managing the, you know, a crop of
1: grapes and putting together a wine, and you got a restaurant going on, you're working on your jujitsu, and then you're writing songs. You're living all these different experiences. You have so much feeding into your consciousness. There's so many variables that you're attending to, that it just keeps your mind sharp and fresh, and and it, it creates. I mean, not, not even necessarily like conflict, but it, the issues. There's live things that need to be figured out, and solutions need to be created for problems. It's not like there's something that happens to certain people; they get too locked into one thing. I feel that they just run out of juice. They run out of things to discuss. They run out of um, they run out of run out of perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you know during the 70s, 80s. Uh, era of music coming out first two records are probably those people spent the whole their whole lives writing those two records right and the third record's all about the bus or <laughs> the travel or the or the shitty record label or a manager like it's all the road that's the road album yeah right because well where the fuck have they been for the last three years but in a bus or in an airport and hotel yeah so those and those albums end up being the ones that either make or break the band as far as getting past uh, Pass those things and, you know in general. I'm, I'm speaking very generally, of course. But.
1: Yeah, but it's the same with comics It's this the, with comics. It's usually you have one or two good specials and then there's a big drop-off You know, and I think it's mm-hmm. guys run out of stuff to talk about and usually you work for like Ten years before you do anything before mm-hmm. you release anything mm-hmm. The the best guys It seems like they worked like yeah. ten ten years and then they put out an album or a comedy special or whatever it is and then you just your your life is about performing your life is about doing that thing And you don't have enough Options outside of that like a lot of comics turn to airline jokes and you know and things like hotels and you start talking about that Like that's your experience. Yeah. Just constantly being on the What's road.
0: You, what you're exposed to talk about yeah. what you know, right? What you know? Yeah, and that's what you all you know now is a fucking delayed flight
1: But I don't know anybody else is doing it like your way Like rock style way, also runs a vineyard. Also, it's like also regularly trains jujitsu. Daniel Day Lewis, sort of right.
0: Yeah, makes hats or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, makes shoes. I think shoes. Yeah, hats, (laughs) shoes. I want a pair of Daniel Day Lewis shoes. Isn't that what he's doing? I feel like he's
0: making shoes. Well, a lot of you know a lot of actors I have here you know have met that have gotten on a role with a good series. Uh, TV series a lot of them will say the same thing like about a couple of seasons in y'all you, you start looking at the door because Your acting muscle can start to atrophy if you're only Being this guy on that show For eight years
1: do they start going crazy and going into drugs and buying houses?
0: Yeah Yeah, so you start to you start to do that little spiral so you know to get out and be able to do a few films a lot of, like, William Peterson uh, was on CSI, the Vegas CSI Ooh. forever. He does theater now.
1: Yeah, He's... I would think you would have to. Yeah. That's the guy from To Live and Die in L.A. Yep. People uh, forgot about that movie. Manhunter. Pe- yeah, that was the original Hannibal Lecter movie yep. with a different guy other than Anthony Hopkins. It was a great movie. Great. That's... That's a forgotten movie. Yeah. To Live and Die in L.A. is a forgotten movie. That is a yeah. great fucking movie.
0: Brian Cox is Dr. Lecter. In, there uh... he
1: is. Well, handsome bastard back then.
0: Yeah. Look at him. And he's just his sharpening his chops on on the theater stage cuz uh he's a true that guy's that guy's the real deal.
1: But he's on CSI to get
0: paid. Yeah, I guess initially I think most likely when that when that whole new era of of TV was coming out it probably seemed like a good idea for him to kind of just, you know he probably had some bills to pay and he wanted yeah. to get on there thinking it was going to be a couple seasons and he's going to get out of there. But then a you're boat. under contract and they're going, we'll keep you around if you do this. But I want to do this theater thing. I want to go do, I mm. you know, Shakespeare in the park. And
1: they'll punish um, you if you leave too. Yeah. blackball you. This motherfucker will leave a series when it's yeah.
0: hot. Yeah. Yeah, so... You ruined us. Sh- I don't know. I don't know I don't know him. I don't know his decisions. But I think, uh, speaking to a lot of different people that have been in the situation, it's definitely... Yeah, you're kind of weighing it out. Like, if I just stick with this thing for six seasons, eight seasons, I have enough money in the bank for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, And then I'll have to fight my way back uh, in a couple of years uh, of detoxing from that very—it could be a great situation. Yeah,
1: well, I think it makes people go crazy. Mm -hmm. I think that's what happened to Johnny Depp. You know Johnny Depp when he started doing those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You know what's interesting? Like Johnny Depp at one point in time, and I'm a Johnny Depp fan. I think he's a great actor. Seems like a wild dude, and he's buddies with my friend Stanhope, and Stanhope loves him, so he's mm-hmm. got to be a good guy.
0: I have a lot of mutual friends. I've never actually I, I met him a long, 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 long time ago, but I don't, I don't. Yeah, he seems...
1: used to do these weird projects, strange movies, and he he even said once, Dead "I don't want to be block best, blockbuster boy." Yeah, Dead Man,
0: Dead that Man's black and white. Incredible. Yeah, that black-and-white Western Arizona dream check Ooh, that one out. That's right. Yeah Fantastic, he film.
1: did a lot of really cool weird projects and then he did the Pirates of the Caribbean and that fucking group of movies has been so Wildly successful that he's just made ungodly amounts of money to the point where he was spending so much fucking money They had some breakdown because he's in, involved in some lawsuit with his former manager They're, he's suing his former manager he was spending $150,000 a month on private security, 24 hours a day. He was spending $200,000 a month on private jets. And they're just going on and on and on. He had a staff of 40 people. He maintained the No. Johnny, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, a staff of 40 people, maintained something like 15 different homes all over the world. Just balling out of control. <laughs>
2: just so balling out of no, control. Putting okay, uh, no, in fucking corner.
1: No, nope, we can bring him in now. What is this? Among his most extravagant expenses listed in the countersuit were $3 million spent to blast Hunter Thompson's ashes out of a cannon and $30,000 a month spent on wine, the New York Post gossip column Page Six reported. Yeah, well, they're the same cunts that said that Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown are washed-up losers. Yeah. I don't know if they're right. What is this house they're showing what us? What about
0: paid, though? Let's talk about... Let's talk He's about getting- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paid! Blow up like the world trade. Johnny Depp Chateau in the south of France. Ooh, why does the Chateau have a restaurant with an awning and a logo on it? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's does it have his own restaurant? How baller are that? You're overthinking it. Maybe it's his own I restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, but I mean, like, for himself only. Oh. Like, he shows up. A uh, table for two, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is. Can I get on the list? A strange character. He's a strange character. I think that's what happened. He started buying all that shit when he got that Pirates of the Caribbean money, because mm-hmm. you don't really want to be Jack Sparrow every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do something else. He can't do something else. And every time he does something else, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. Like the Pirates of the Caribbean guy does. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many different movies has he done since he's done the Pirates of the Caribbean? Couple. Couple. Yo, that's right. He did Edward Scissorhands. Oh, no. He did before. the Alice in Wonderland thing since the Pirates of the Caribbean. That yeah. was actually really good. It was weird. I enjoyed but, it. But I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Willy Wonka.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of weird shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point being, they go crazy. <laughs> yeah. They just start They start spending, buying, sp- buying and spending. They get, no, just get caught. They know, Howard
0: Hughes in a downward spiral. What is this movie? It's like Tonto, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, he's in The Long Lone Ranger. Ranger. That's yeah. right.
1: The ten worst Johnny Depp movies <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a guy that like died and came back to life or something like that or he had the lone ranger come back to life I don't and know. helped him come back to life? The crow comes back to life or something. I think that's cultural appropriation cuz I don't believe that he's Indian so I'm offended. How come they couldn't get a native american? That's what I'm to saying? Play the Indian. Yeah.
0: Piece so that's a yeah I have a hard time with all that. I'm you know I what so okay. okay. You have you own guns. Yes. Okay. But you're, you know, you're a pot smoker. Yes. Uh, you're. Would you consider yourself a liberal?
1: I'm more liberal than I am conservative, for sure. Okay.
0: So there's there's that balance. Um, you think the, uh, uh, ribs like that. You know, don't call me. I would like to be now from out. You know, I'm I'm an, I'm an avocado. I relate to avocados. So mm. as uh, as my my sexuality, I relate to an avocado. So mm. and don't. I think you're allowed to identify as an avocado now. Okay. So. That that thing, uh, that just you know, there's again we need a meteor. I guess what it comes down <laughs> to. Um, what are you talking about with guns and avocados? Yeah, and- but like you know, just that whole the politically correct thing, but then the anti intellectualism that comes from what I would consider the, the lower right.
1: Yeah, there's a far right that it does go anti-intellectualism, and then there's a far left that even though they might be more well-read and maybe intellectual, they put up these blinders to uh, certain patterns of thinking as well. I mean, there's, a, there's, there's not a lot of, like, across-the-board objectivity. There's a lot of people formulating these preformed patterns of opinions that, you know, con- conservative opinions and just con- clinging to it or mm-hmm. liberal opinions and clinging to it. I think There's most no, people- There's no gray area. Yeah. I At, think most After a meteor, lots of gray area. Lot of gray area. Yeah. Meteor. I think most people really share like ideas that are conservative and liberal. And I think what's really important, we should be able to discuss these ideas without digging our heels in and just like being fully committed to one team or the other team. That's where the problem lies. People are so tribal, whether it's conservative or liberal, even libertarian. They go real tribal. And They just like lock on to those ideas and this is right and that is wrong and you know And it just people don't want they don't want to give in and so then they fight and they dig their heels in and they You know they fight their opinion
0: I'm an armed snowflake. Is that is that a new category? You could do that. Yeah
1: should be able to do that Why not so who could stop you from being an armed snowflake you have bullets and shit? (laughs) You know regular snowflakes don't have bullets Superman, you know, I think man I think we're we're moving into a new stage of humanity, as, as profound and ridiculous and you know verbose as that sounds. I really think that's what's going on, and I think all this infighting and squabbling is we're trying to find our footing, trying to figure out what we are and what we're doing, and guns are a part of that. It's like, should you be allowed to just have that? Like, I don't know. Every now and then it goes wrong. Well, if it goes wrong, wouldn't you want to be able to protect yourself? Yeah, you got a point. No, you don't have a point. No one should have one. Yeah, but what about when the bad people come? Should you have one then? No. Should you let the bad people kill you? And then it's all bad people alive, and the good people are dead. Well, who's, that to, who's to determine? What if a good person gets a hold of it, and they do a bad thing? Like, There's all these variables. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's that cut and dry, and I also think it's a lot like everything else. Meteor. Meteor. What part? If you were looking at a part of the world without pissing anybody off. <laughs> without, without pissing anybody off. See, if we it just, hits we China, just... we're not going to care. Is, we're like a billion people, so we lost a half a million. <laughs> <laughs> have to, I'm like, not opening wipe my out, fucking mouth. <laughs> it would have to wipe out, like, Latvia. Like, okay. boom. And then barely Or like that miss show, Scotland. have you seen,
0: uh, did you did you watch the The Leftovers?
1: Yes, I watched the first episode.
0: Yeah, it's... I, I like, you know, I think the, I love, I love, I love watching actors, actors flex their, their muscle. I love it. So I love that
1: series because does it get better after the the first episode, they're like setting a bunch of
0: stuff up. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of setup, but just the concept right away. Mm -hmm. Storyteller. I love a good story. A huge percentage of the population just fucking vanishes with no explanation. I'm in. Right. I'm in. And all the psychological and all the religious stuff that unfolds and collapses and builds up and mm-hmm. freaks out based on that, I think if we're going to do something like that, uh, it would have to be spontaneous combustion from a percentage of the globe mm. across the board. No, no, you know, just no, bursting
1: in the flames. Yeah, that's F- a real thing. Five percent right?
0: of five percent of the population spontaneously combusting. At the same time, across the globe, in front of people, and mm. no explanation. No explanation. Now we're gonna talk. I don't think that's enough.
1: <laughs> I think it's gotta something's gotta hit us because then you'd be like, "Well, <laughs> you were I'm not Because you're from the UFC camp, you want to see mm, people. Maybe.
2: Ah, uh, fuck you and fuck your hits. I'm all for people burning.
1: Spont- remember when we were
2: kids? Like yeah, spontaneous, spontaneous. <laughs>
1: combustion was yeah. a thing. Right. Like you would wonder. Maybe one of your friends would burst into flames while you're in school.
0: Yeah,
1: when they're lighting farts or something. Is that real? Spontaneous human combustion? Is it truly real? I don't know. How spontaneous human combustion works. Can you make that a little bigger so I can read it? In December 1966, the body of a 96-year-old Dr. J. Irving Bentley was discovered in his Pennsylvania home by a meter reader, Actually, only part of Dr. Bentley's leg and slippered foot were found. The rest of his body had been burned to ashes. A hole in the bathroom floor was the only evidence of the fire that had killed him. The rest of the house remained perfectly intact. How could a man catch fire with no apparent source of a spark or flame and then burn so completely without igniting anything around him? Said the Washington Post. Yeah, Dr. Bentley's case and several hundred others like it have been labeled spontaneous human combustion although he and other victims of the phenomenon burned almost completely their surroundings and even sometimes their clothes remained virtually untouched. Well, that's just fucking bullshit. Who? What, what <laughs> website is this? Listen, bitch, if you're on fire, your fucking coast. clothes are going to catch fire too. Yeah. Unless someone's using pixie magic on you. Are they um, uh, did you get hit with a magic wand wielded by an elf you cunt <laughs> Your fucking clothes are gonna burn stupid if you're burning your clothes are burning. This is horseshit Here's what
3: science
1: says. Okay, if spontaneous human combustion isn't real Then what really occurred to the many pictures that exist of charred bodies a possible explanation is the wick effect which produces proposes that the body when lit by a cigarette smolding ember or other heat source acts much like an inside-out candle A candle is composed of a wick on the inside, surrounded by a wax made of flammable fatty acids. The wax ignites the wick and keeps it burning. In the human body, the body's fat acts as a flammable substance, and the victim's clothing or hair acts as the wick. As the fat melts from the heat, it soaks into the clothing and acts as a wax-like substance to keep the wick burning slowly. Scientists say this is why the victim's bodies are destroyed, yet their surroundings are barely burnt. Whoa. So they're so fat that we become like a big, greasy candle.
3: It says no one's, actually, no one's <coughs> ever compl- conclusively proven or disproven.
1: The truth of spontaneous human combustion. Mm-hmm. But most scientists say that there are more likely explanations for the charred remains. Like, your wife fucking hates you. She hit you in the head with a frying pan, lit your ass on fire, threw you in the tub, and say, yeah.
2: I don't even know what happened. I think it's one of them Ripleys, believe it or not, things.
1: <laughs> and then, you know. She's seen in the embrace of the hardware store manager.
2: I was crying, and Stanley helped me.
0: Watching the detective. Yeah, I don't think it's real. I cried bullshit. That's why, and that's why it would make so much more of an impact if it happened to five percent of the population Not randomly. Not
1: I think an outside threat <laughs> from another planet, like an impact, is like a wake-up call. And right. outside, like spontaneous. But human think about it. Right now, if like aliens showed attacks.
0: up and started shooting people from spaceships everyone's going to go that's bullshit that's the government
1: could be right but an asteroid <laughs> you realize the government can't recreate something the size of a city right it's f- slamming into the planet <laughs> that's what's going to happen yeah, yeah but it's weird like we care we we care in a big way how people die right like 9/11 was huge cuz people Caused three thousand people to die, and the world changed radically because of those three thousand deaths. But half a million people die every year because of cigarettes—a half a million just in this country alone. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like it doesn't bother us. Like that you die that way, or you die choking on your on pus-filled lungs in some sort of urgent care center. That doesn't bother us as much. Like that's eh, shouldn't have smoked. <laughs> Right. But you get caught in the five hundredth floor of some fucking skyscraper and get hit in the face with well, a plane. There's,
0: there's a there's some good there's a lot of good books on those kind of things. That and that uh um just you know, something like the Holocaust in general. Just the intent and the focus and the hatred toward a specific group of people it has way more impact than the cigarette. The cigarette smoke, the cigarettes don't have they're not angry and they're not hateful right so that death is not doesn't you don't doesn't hurt you as much as if you the the impact of a group of people hating another group of people so much that they they kill them in a mass you know in a mass event it's kind of insidious though if you really
1: look at it objectively like it's okay as long as they peacefully suck the vitality out of your body with chemical dipped plants wrapped in paper that they trick you into sucking on once you light them on fire and your body becomes accustomed and addicted to it. And we're like, hey, it's a it's a stress relieving choice. He <sighs> looks great.
2: Don't smoke too much. Just as, as long as you just only a smoke little. a little, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I, what are the statistics on that? Like secondhand? Secondhand's bad, too. People, waitresses
1: and stuff and in bars, they, they would get a lot of them would get cancer. People that lived with people that were chronic smokers, but they weren't smokers themselves. A lot of them got cancer. Secondhand smoke, especially in the small enclosed areas, is real as fuck. It's not as bad as the cigarettes themselves, but
0: the we should have seen the first clue would have been like as soon as they, as soon as they pulled smoking off of planes. Like, oh yeah, oh, there must be a problem, dude. Planes of, are ridiculous because you're having to pay yeah. for some flight attendants' cancer. Yeah, that would be why those things were ridiculous. I remember they used to build smoke in the back,
1: and if you, smoking you got a section, seat, yeah,
0: non-smoking section.
1: Separated by space. That's it. Separated in a tube. Secondhand smoke causes approximately 7,333 deaths from lung cancer and 33,950 deaths from heart disease every year. Between 64 and 2014, 2.5 million people die from exposure to secondhand smoke. So it's not quite as bad. It's about, you know, 20,000 as opposed to Mm 500,000. But still... It's terrible. It's still a lot. Yeah, it's not as bad, but it's still fucking terrible.
0: It's weird. It's, it's, he's not. Like, a, he's like searching. <laughs> what do, What are you doing so while we're a, not talking about that? constantly. He's Gicked got Siri
1: out. on his phone. Hey Siri, what's going on with satellites? Are they real? Hey Siri, what's up with that ice wall in Antarctica?
3: Big chunk just broke off. Did you see that? Oh my
1: God! Yeah, there's a fucking chunk of of ice that they've been monitoring. A glacier. That's the biggest glacier the world has ever known. It is the size of Delaware, and it's floating around in the ocean now. It is so unbelievably massive. You could be standing on this glacier and not see the end of it. You wouldn't see how far it goes. And it's floating in this iceberg, I should say. It's floating. It broke off.
3: Ten things that are uh, smaller than the the iceberg right here.
1: Jesus Christ, it's so big. It's Luxembourg. smaller than the Grand Canyon. It's a, <laughs> the, the Grand Canyon is smaller. The Great Salt Lake is smaller. Long Island is smaller. Luxembourg is smaller. Lake Okeechobee in Florida is smaller. Los wow. Angeles is smaller than this fucking iceberg. Lake Champlain in New York is smaller. New York City is smaller than this fucking earthquake. Or er, earthquake. This iceberg. That's, That's insane. Incredible. So it's separated do they have a satellite image of this thing? Uh, I think so, yeah. It separated and floated off, and it's gonna come slamming right into the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> look at that, you can see it as they fly over it. Yeah, that was the crack
3: that started. It oh my god,
1: that's look sweet. at that photo, that's oh fucking goodness. insane. The photo is, uh, someone took it from a plane, you're looking down with the wings. And oh, where was shit. it? Was it in Greenland? Where, where did it oh, break Antarctica. off? Antarctica? Antarctica, yeah. Antarctica. But there, is that the ice wall? What that separates us from the flat Earth. There's all these assholes that say you can't fly over Antarctica online. You you absolutely can, you piece of shit. <laughs> Not only that, Anthony Bourdain just filmed a show from there. He was in Antarctica, you dumb cunts. He filmed the show. He landed in Antarctica. He talked to the people that work in the science department there, whatever the fuck they do, running experiments, trying to keep the Russians from invading. Mm-hmm.
0: All that. Yeah. Get him up to we should get him to Jerome. Jerome? Yeah, let's get him to uh, come try the wine. Take him out of the vineyards, and we have the roll. training. Yeah, right you want to
1: row with him, huh? How yeah, no, I just I think it'd be a good
0: like a good show to combine the the wine, the pasta, the the local food. I sense competitive aggression and, uh, from you. No, though. no, you're sensing that because you're projecting it.
1: Mm. No, no, I don't have it. I'm good. No, I think I think <laughs> you're not drunk anymore. Scrappy I'm not like fella.
0: I'm sick on Anthony Bourdain. I think <laughs> you. Here's a seven thousand dollar glass of wine.
1: That, too. Definitely <laughs> want to get him up there, get him some good f- – he would do it for sure. Yeah. He would film at your place. It would be a good thing to do. Maybe I could help orchestrate that. Nudge Th- it. That would be a dopey – uh dopey. A dope <laughs> – that would be a dope uh, episode for his show, hmm. you know? And yeah. you also have a very unique story, too, like doing your thing out there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And look, man, for him, it's an opportunity to do some jiu-jitsu. That guy's an addict. Yeah. He does it every day.
0: Yeah, he's amazing.
1: Yeah, when we were in Montana, we filmed an episode of his show. He went to uh maybe it was Bozeman. I think it was Bozeman. He just found some local jiu-jitsu club and was rolling with these guys he didn't even know them. Just <laughs> gets in there and starts training with them. He's an animal. That's awesome. He doesn't fuck around. He does it overseas, What's he weigh? too.
0: Like 180?
1: Well, he's very tall. I think he's like at least 6'3" and he's thin. He's lost a ton of weight. He lost 30 pounds from doing jiu-jitsu. He was on all sorts of uh, he was on statins. For high blood pressure, okay. high cholesterol because of his diet and sedentary lifestyle. And, you know, he was like, well, you know, I have the choice between changing what I eat. Right. And I don't want to do that. I want to keep eating pork and all these delicious foods or taking these statins. So he just decided to take the statins. But once he started training jiu-jitsu, he got off all that shit. Yeah. Just his body just responded to Not the demands. Eat, yeah. 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 Your body responds to the demands. You know, I think that's a one of the... un. Unheralded factors in people's obesity is not just the diet which is all a huge factor for sure But also the requirements that you're asking of your body only the bodies are not used to sitting around doing get nothing
0: up Go do get up. Go do get go weed go walk get up, go So Kent uh, can, can I ask a USC question? Yes, please do. What's the what's the Hollywood Babylon about over uh, what happened with Nunez?
1: well, she got something called sinusitis she has apparently like severe sinus infections Mm -hmm. that affect her balance and they get really bad and um she got one the day of the weigh-ins she made it through the weigh-ins and then she was having like a serious episode to the point where they checked her into the hospital and um the word was that she wanted to compete but her coaches did not want her to compete they're like look you're having like a really hard time like walking Like Apparently when your sinuses get like really inflamed it fucks with your equilibrium inner ear Yeah, this is Second and third hand by the way, right? I didn't talk to her right and uh, you know That's what you'd have to do. You'd have to have her talk about it But it's super unfortunate because that was in my my opinion was the highest level women's MMA bout ever Mm -hmm. in terms of the overall uh, ability of the two athletes I think Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes, they represent the peak. Yep. These are the this is the best we've ever seen. Yep. Nunes is a ruthless knockout striker. She beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey and she choked the shit out of Misha Tate. She's yep. a real legit black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu knockout striker. And then Valentina Shevchenko is a Muay Thai champion, ridiculous stand up and you know she caught Juliana Peña with an armbar from the guard. Like her ground game is nasty too. Right. I mean is legit. For her to catch Peña with an armbar, like, that's Staggering and her striking is so good. Like you saw in the Holly Holm fight. She shut Holly Holm down Whereas like I mean Holly Holm fucked up Jermaine me with a question mark kick dropped her with a straight left hand She never had close to that kind of success against Valentina, right? Valentina is super high level with her striking her movement She she fights southpaw and she has that beautiful check right hook that she throws that like keeps everybody Minding their P's and Q's. She's in a super well-rounded game so it's really unfortunate that those two didn't go at it. But yeah, that
0: was going to be a good fight.
1: I think they're going to schedule it again for the, f- the event that is after the end of July event. I think it's 2.15 they're going to schedule it for. Okay. But then, you know, like Dana White said, now Amanda Nunes would never headline an event again. and I just don't think you can force someone to fight if she really did have a significant an injury. Like they said that the doctors cleared her to fight. You know, a significant illness. I should say. She, she. They said the doctors cleared her to fight, but she chose not to. That was like the company word. Mm-hmm. But if she's like, was that fucked up? I just can't imagine she wasn't that fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotta suck if you spent millions of dollars promoting a fight and then here it is, yeah, and then the people p- bought the pay per view and then it falls apart and you got to give right. refunds and I don't know what. Yeah, the well, fuck.
0: welcome to. Welcome to the music industry when it was at its you know its big peak in the nineties, and people are like writing big checks for stuff and like, oh yeah, this is gonna we're gonna get Mariah Carey for millions of dollars Here's her thing, and then she goes, she has a meltdown. She and went crazy disappears. Huh? yeah, and then like the, they're like, what did we just spend our money on? What happened just now mm. um, How did Mariah Carey go crazy? What happened I her? don't know. I think she had a meltdown one of those maybe she got a bad dick Wow I just wonder if you catch a bad dick wow i I, I have never. Personally, I've never caught a bad dick. So have I you caught a good speak. dick? I have not, that I'm aware of, caught a ca- big dick. You catch an ambivalent dick? I have not caught an ambivalent dick.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I Keep I, going. I, I mean, I might, There might be one in there somewhere. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, it's got to it's be a way. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, somebody wrote a big check. You yeah. have an artist who had a meltdown, uh, didn't deliver, because you're talking about we're, we are merchants of emotion. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Right, uh, and, and sometimes a, it can overwhelm you. That is an over. That is a you know volatile thing, um, and it's a story as old as time. And you know, with fighters, one little dumb thing walking up the stairs to the octagon, you can pull you know your ACL fucking separates from your body.
1: Yeah, you could slip. And Kevin Randleman was backstage preparing for a fight once, and he stepped on a pipe and slipped and fell on his head and was concussed. <laughs> yeah, like right before the main event. Right before the main event, he was walking backstage, he stepped on something, slipped, his leg went up on him, he hit his fucking head, and he was concussed, and they canceled the fight. <laughs> yeah, that was it's like, a fucking mess. I want to say that was in 1997 or 1998 or somewhere around there, and it was like, what? Yeah. That can happen, for sure. And then for a fighter, there's so much about who they are is dependent upon their confidence and their state of mind. And yep. if she hears that the UFC has pissed at her, she had to pull out of the fight, and then they say that they'll never have her headline an event again. I mean, she goes from being this superstar with two spectacular performances against the most popular women's fighters of all time. Those two, between Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. I would say arguably they're the most popular women fighters of all time. Coincidentally, they're both the hottest. How weird. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you gotta, if you're going to be a chick and you've got to be a fighter, it's, it helps a lot if you're hot.
0: Doesn't it? I, I'm not hot, and I'm not a chick.
1: I noticed both of those things. I didn't <laughs> want to bring it up, though. <laughs> I Didn't want to rub your face in it, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, she's who knows how she's going to bounce back from that. It sucks. It sucks for Valentina too, right? She gets through the weigh-ins, she gets through the weight cut, she gets through I like, the training I camp. liked that
0: home one. Holmes one in uh, in Singapore. That was a wonderful. That was great. Boom.
1: Yeah, she that question mark kick. That same kick, she throws that kick so well. That's a f- sneaky-ass fucking kick, man. When you think it's going to be a, a round kick to the body or a low kick, and then it comes up high and clangs you in the dome. Yeah, It's so good the way they throw that, too, because it comes in like this and then loops over and clang. She might be the best in the world at it in, in MMA. Luke Rockhold's got a really good one, too. Mm-hmm. He used it against Bisping in their first fight. They, they throw it, and it's, a, it's such a v- unusual motion of a kick. It, it looks like it's coming up. And then it just goes whip over the top. Pull up Luke Rockhold KOs Michael Bisping. He actually dropped him with it, and then he caught him with a guillotine choke afterwards, and he tapped him with the guillotine. But the way he throws that kick is like, it's fucking super sneaky. So who's man. coming
0: up? There's some there's a Maya fight coming up in there.
1: Yeah. Um, UFC 199. Is this the right one? Is this the one when he won? Or is this the one? I'm not sure. This is the one where Bisping KOs him. Yeah, see right there? Clank. Yeah. Go to the first one, their first fight. Their first fight is the one. He choked him out. He didn't KO him. But he uh, clanged him with the the question mark kick. Yeah, don't go with KO. Versus Bisping 1. Yeah, guillotine. Here it is.
2: <laughs>
1: you got... Jacked. Yeah, this is some guy holding up a camera.
2: I did it, man.
1: The UFC takes a lot of those things down, I think. Rockhold, guillotine choke, first time, bisping taps. Yeah, this is it because he was wearing a beard at the time. Interesting they fought two times, you know. And then Rockhold thought it was going to be an easy fight the second time, and he got fucked up. I think it's
0: right before that.
1: I don't know. It's hard to tell. But anyway, it's, a, it's such an unusual movement. What is this? Just a bunch of highlights? There it is right there. But they don't show the whole kick, they just show the, the actual end of it as it's landing. Eh, whatever. You don't have to show it. Bear. Point being, Holly has got one of the best. She's, she's interesting because she's a combination of a boxer. She was like a world champion boxer, I think, like 18 time world champion boxer. But she also has like traditional karate techniques. She throws, like, a lot of side kicks and, like, these weird round (laughs) kicks. Yeah, she key eyes when she throws shots. Yeah, there it is. Cut, clang. Bang. Yeah, and that was after Betch Cohea was kind of, like, taunting her. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. boink. Whoopsies. Yeah. That high kick, man, that left high kick, that's her highlight reel move, man. That's the one that separated Ronda Rousey. Did
0: you get any crap for our uh, our, um, arsonist video? for me and my me fighting ronda rousey no animation. nothing good no good no one gave me a hard time never you know i don't you know, i don't really know holly or any of these guys and i they were you know they were the the fantastic five in there i wasn't sure like it might come out like you unrealism was trump supporter like oh crap
1: no everybody thought it was funny Like it didn't you got you got away with that one, (laughs) maybe, but maybe now that we're talking about it, people are going to review it because the standards over the last two months have probably changed, yeah. And people decided more things are offensive
0: now than were then. Yeah, hurry up, get on that because you know, yeah, yell at me about that.
1: People are super uptight about what is offensive and what isn't offensive, and it moves. It moves like the tide. It comes in. It comes out. There it is. (laughs) We could play it. I want to play the whole thing. How long How many minutes is it?
0: Right, time spent under five Ken, Four minutes five I don't know vertical But victorious And with my junk intact People need to show sh- you. We know how good Ronda
1: is This could be epic fire That was fire Joe <laughs> Rogan the
0: Not to be confused with Conor McGregor
1: You gave Ronda Rousey A very manly appearance I did nothing Burn of the, the sort
0: What's going on here? Fat just having person. some, having a lunch. It's a specific diet. Fire,
4: fire, all bridges on fire.
1: For people at home, we're watching animation. If you're just listening, Rhonda's hitting the speed bag right now, looking very angry.
4: Our son.
0: Maynard's taking steroids. And Maynard's shooting steroids, <laughs> and it was a badass. Because I don't, I don't want to lose my junk. I like how you have tits
1: I know Why'd you decide to have tits? I have, I have tits Oh, you got a have uh, a problem with tits? By then. No, I don't Just on men I feel like it's uh, Gender appropriation
0: It might be It, is. it might be. is A
1: man with tits If you don't claim transgender I got yelled at
0: Like, goes What do you have against people That are, you know, like Transgender, like You know You're giving up your junk If you lose to Rhonda Like, that's a bad thing It's, it okay In a bet, here's how it works. You have something that you want to hang on to and keep. I have something I want to hang on to and keep, whether it's money or whatever. And the bet is that if you lose, you have to give up the thing that you want to keep. Yeah. You don't don't lose a a bet and then give up something you were willing to get rid of anyway. Of course. right? Right. So if you're a person who doesn't want your junk, just that's the choice you've made, then don't, you know, that's not really a bet. But if you uh, uh, if you're a thing. person who wants to hang on to your junk and you bet your junk away That's I want my junk. Nope. No disrespect to anybody who does not want their junk If you want to give away if you want to cut your shit off, that's fine. I don't yeah. care But I want I would like to keep my junk Yeah, that's what my wife my wife wants me to keep my junk.
1: I think that's a really reasonable request <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, in this video, you made Donald Trump to be a giant monster that must be put down. Trumpzilla. Now, do you worry that like the what they call now the Kathy Griffin effect could possibly happen when people get a hold of this video? I uh, think that you were... My career was over and, a long time ago. Uh, I don't think it. her career is over. I just think it's shifted. It's shifted. It's moved to a different place. What? Now she's universally hated by the right. Yeah. She wasn't before. She you know she was just kinda Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Now she's like enemy of the state. See so like, I just
0: it's just her trying to be relevant and it didn't work.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? That's exactly what it was. Who is this one with the, the demon? Is that his it was, inner It was supposed to be Misha
0: Tate, but I was trying to be kind.
1: Oh. She so turned into a demon instead.
0: yeah because mm. she came out and supported Trump, so I was gonna throw Did under, she? I was gonna throw under the bus. Yeah, she made some statements early out, like around that time. Really, but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not she might have meant something else So I made them because it used to have her name under her there As her you know as the Trump minion. I
1: like how the hair is like all crazy Like you get underneath the hair. It's like scalp, but it comes over the top and crushes you (laughs) From two bald guys don't you want to just talk to him about that hair and go, dude, you are wasting so much time and effort on that disaster. Yeah. You're keeping it on top of your head. But it doesn't, again, it might be just part of the, like, the thing. It's a part
0: of a thing. Like right. Just keep that going.
1: Like the Don King thing. Like it's a, all part of, like he's got to know people have better haircuts than him, right? Yeah. But he doesn't care.
0: Right. It's
1: maybe part of the whole. If
0: you're going to do it, do it like, yeah. make it look like a
1: hat. a real hat yeah it's part of the whole theatrics is just spraying everything down and locking it in place. Oh, you got she got your balls in a jar. Mm-hmm. That's very triggering that triggers you it's- it's problematic <laughs> 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 You got to be careful these days, man. Yeah. You can't have balls in a jar and make it seem like it's a bad thing if someone identifies with the type of person that wants to have their balls in a jar. How do you feel about transracial people? meteor?
0: We need a all meteor, of you. all of you. <laughs> I need a meteor for all of you, everybody.
1: Where does it hit? If you, uh, if okay, let's say if you're God,
0: you're making. Then, you're gonna make me say where it's gonna hit. Yeah, right?
1: where does it go? Where does it go that does the most? Uh, how big is it? It's huge, five miles. No, five miles long would kill everybody. That's like would kill the dinosaurs. Right. We need like a football field sized meteor, like a hundred
0: North Pole, hundred
1: yards. North Pole's not good enough. North now.
0: Pole's gonna cause. Effects around all of the shores mm. below it interesting. Let's look at the world. Where do we hit
1: it? Mm, I'm looking at China, bro I feel like they could take the hit. I feel like they they need a solution. Anyway, they got a real problem There's a billion people over there <laughs> So you're saying
0: it has to be a populated area. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, but maybe like weird like maybe you like right where they eat the dogs <laughs> Maybe we go to the dog festival <laughs> Just and then like everybody goes hey, man, maybe you should not eat dogs. God decided to hurl a meteor at all those assholes that are killing people's pets—they're killing people. What, you know, what, what
0: if it's five slightly smaller meteors and they hit every like all, most continents? That's
1: not a bad idea, but I think we need one big one, and okay. I think that Yulin takes the hit. I was watching these videos where they—they they were capturing dogs, stealing people's pets, and they're cooking them. suck like, boy,
0: Mete- yeah. Let's go. There, let's just put it there.
1: That's the spot. Let's just put it right there. where they make the dog meat, like right as they are cooking up the dog meat. <laughs> Dog ramen.
0: Speaking of which, I probably should go pick up my dog now. What's up? I got to. took my dog to the groomer. Did you really? Oh yeah. You took your dog out here. Uh-huh. Did you
1: drive or do you fly? I fly. I flew. Do you put your dog in the bottom with the regular dogs? No, or do you she's, have them?
0: With, uh, she's she's with me. So she sits yeah. with you. Yeah.
1: Now, do you have to make sure that the person next to you is not gravely uh, uh, allergic to dogs? Does
0: who have to make sure? You fuck them.
1: No <laughs> fuck them, but you have to tell the airline. Hey, I'm traveling with my emotional support dog because I'm very fragile
0: I'm traveling with my emotional support dog because in theory perhaps this might have happened to someone that we might know mm. You're getting on an airline and they look at your you're paying for a dog to go on the flight mm-hmm. Right. I'm paying extra for the dog to go on the flight Sir does your dog's thing fit under the seat in front of you Is it fit? Yes It's it's regulation is what you want mm-hmm. under the seat in front of you great Ooh, your other bag is too big, but that's my, that's my carry-on bag. Yeah, but now that you're bringing a dog on, that is your carry-on bag, and that bag you have doesn't fit under the seat in front of you, mm. which is where my dog's going to be.
1: Right. So what do you
0: do? So you had to ch- I had to check the bag.
1: So you check the bag, and the dog stays under the seat, um, but the dog doesn't really fit under the seat. Yeah, it's the, it's, she's 11 pounds. She's small, but you can't like stuff her into that crack where the laptop bag goes.
0: Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, she's Jesus. small. Yeah. What kind of dog is it? Yorkie. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. So the point is that if I had a car- if I had a personal item that goes in the- right. if that goes under the seat in front of me, and the rolling bag goes up in that upper space that you have paid for, right? Right. Uh, but they're telling me like, no, the dog is now the the carry on bag. But I'm not, so you want me to put my dog in the overhead bin? No, it has to go into the seat in front of you. But you told me that carry-on bags go in the overhead bin. It's all this like hmm. red tape, catch-22 crap. But is your dog a an ESA? Is it a emotional support animal? It can be. Does it have to be? Yeah, because if you have that, then we don't charge you anything. And you can actually bring on all three of those items. Your dog, your carry-on, and your personal item. Bring three bags on, if your dog is an emotional support animal.
1: So if you're not fucked. So luckily
0: for me, I can't fly without
3: my dog.
1: Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I think Natasha has that deal too. Natasha Legero, She has an emotional support dog. Yeah, that's a that's a gross loophole. And you I, I applaud you for capitalizing on it. It's a way to go. Unless you're sitting next to someone who's like, "I'm terribly to I need
0: a moment, I need a moment
1: yeah man get your collect your emotions <laughs> The dog's not even here to support you. How do yeah. you
0: uh get through a podcast I the bear, dog in I, your bear, I, I i i I pretend that the American werewolf in London was my dog back oh, here
1: that's a good move that's a good move yeah, you get like a dog by proxy yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't it a weird thing? That that was never around when we were kids. That's why
0: I had to pull this out.
2: Emotional support, dog, because you're fucking weak. <laughs> your mind is weak, and you're fucked. You're fucked. You can't even go to the fucking Starbucks without bringing your dog in with you.
0: <laughs> I think you're allowed to do that. I mean, I, I think that's part of it. Like, If you have the paperwork, you can go into places Anywhere. that, that aren't, yeah. you're not supposed to have it.
1: There's a restaurant that I go to that one of those... Ladies used to be hot back in the Disney, and now she used to be on that Desperate Housewives show. Now she's kind of uh, getting up there in the years and getting a little wackier and wackier, I'm sure, as time goes on. She brings in a full-grown golden lab, this silly bitch. This dog is, like, (laughs) sitting down where everybody's forks go. It's dirty assholes touching the ground where people accidentally drop their spoon. It's just. It's such a big dog. It's so gross. There's like something about a little dog sitting in someone's lap at a restaurant that's like, it seems stupid, but maybe not so bad. But a lab, yeah, a fucking 70-pound, big-ass dog laying yeah. on the ground, and this crazy bitch is putting everybody else, imposing her situation on everybody else. Yeah.
0: She knows it's nuts. So do you think that people that go down that, and I think actors do this, oh, yeah. that go down that hardcore ketogenic diet that they cut all the carbs out of their diet and sugars, do you think it starts to, if they do it long enough, they start to get a little dingy? It could happen.
1: Definitely, um, you get the keto flu when you first start out. Yeah, I, 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 def- I got that for that a That could push people over the top. But you got to do it smart. You can't work out too hard when you first start doing it, and you got to take exogenous ketones. That's a big, big, that's helped me a tremendous amount. <laughs> what, are, <laughs> what the fuck? Exogenous ketones ladies and gentlemen, there's a bunch of different companies. Um, the one I use is called Keygenics. They have a new one called Keygenics Prime. It's apparently even better. But what it is is uh, it's, it's um, a bunch of uh, amino acids and minerals and stuff that puts your body into a stated ketosis okay and it uh it allows you to like balance out it's like it's very good to balance out and gives you energy when you're sort of struggling through that keto flu thing mm-hmm. and then eventually your body adapts your body gets used to burning fat,
0: and then it just seems like it has more energy when you do that but to for it to really truly be effective, don't you have to kind of work out like two hours a day to really make it? no flip?
1: no, no, you could definitely make it flip without working out that much. You don't have to work it out that much you just your body has to realize like okay carbs aren't coming in we're going to need to burn fats which it has as a a, a, a sort of a go-to way like we've been eating fats and people have been relying on fats forever it's not a negative thing like people have this idea that the brain relies only on but can you have
0: any kind of carbs at all you have to get past a certain amount of time or like these are people who have just given that up forever
1: no you can have some carbs your body has a certain amount of um, flexibility to it but the way they've done it well here's a perfect example of how much biodiversity is when it comes to uh, your body's ability to absorb carbohydrates and how it reacts um rob wolf who is a uh a, a scientist and a big paleo researcher guy he's got an interesting instagram page and on his i think it's Dos rob wolf is his instagram um but what he does is uh he'll eat something and they'll have his wife eat something and then they'll do these tests uh you know like blood tests to find out where their ketones are and whether or not they're in a ketogenic state and his body's like way more fragile in terms of like it's getting knocked off of ketosis than his wife's body okay his wife just rebounds better she has better genetics for it so it's pretty can they you know they obviously live together they're eating the same foods so it's there's a lot of variables involved in like okay. how your body processes carbs and it could You know, it's like some people have celiac. Some people are gluten sensitive. Some people, you know, some people have no problem eating a big bowl of rice and they stay in ketosis. And with some people, that just knocks them right out of it and their body goes right back to burning carbs. It depends also on how strict you've been in the ketogenic diet and how long you've done it for. But there's a lot of critics of that diet, too. There's a lot of people that cry bullshit on that. I don't know if they're crying. I think some of the people that cry bullshit, though, they don't really have much of a science background. And they're just, they're just, right. they're also been well, shown combine, a certain
0: way. I combine three things. I tried to stick as close as I could to the ketogenic diet, but it probably wasn't a ketogenic diet. I was just basically making sure that I wasn't eating any sugar, any fruit, any carbs yeah. that I that, you know that I know of. Um, I was eating within a 10-hour window. So if I got up at uh, 10 a.m. and I had anything to eat, I didn't eat anything after 8 Mm. Um, and I was trying to work out, you know, do something for an hour a
1: day. That's a, well, that's a great combination of mostly ketogenic or ketogenic and this, um, the fasting, what you're doing is uh, intermittent fasting by going 14 hours every day without eating. That apparently is a really good protocol for losing weight. And I've done it. I like it. I think it makes me feel good too. It puts your body in a good place. Your body gets accustomed to only eating for eight hours a day. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the other hours, you just don't eat. Just normal. Yeah. 16 hours, you just no eating. It's a tough window yeah. for most people.
0: It is, but especially on the road, I'm like I'm having to eat after I perform, and it's like okay, oh, that means I can't eat until yeah afternoon. I don't fuck know? with it on the road. Yeah.
1: On the road, the most important thing to me is sleep. Uh, nutrition, re- sleep, sleep, and recovery, sleep. and exercise. If I don't exercise when I'm on the road, I get off. Because, uh, you know, the flying and everything, I feel like your body needs to exert in order to release endorphins right. and sort of like.
0: That's why as soon as I walked in the door here, I grabbed the kettlebell because I just haven't been able to do any of that stuff for a minute. And so yeah, I've been here, been basically on my back for the last three days. i like, got some weird stomach thing where, I don't know, a bad piece of baked brie or something. And it was like, oh, I really? felt like knives in my stomach for two days. I was baked down. Baked brie? I don't you know. blaming it, it cheese. on cheese? I'm blaming it on, I was going to blame it on you. but Wow, I just got here though. Can't blame it on me. code. Joe ba- code Rogen's code. Baked code for brie. Baked brie. <laughs> I'm going to talk to baked brie again today. Are you one of those raw cheese guys? Do you prefer the raw cheese? Um, I like I like cheese. I try not to eat a lot of it, just because again, anything that's too much of anything is too much. So.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I, what I've found is that raw milk and raw cheese, in particular, both those things, I seem to digest them way easier than I do the pasteurized and homogenized versions. Yeah, I mean,
0: but are you? How are you getting it? Are you getting it? Do they, do they actually have that in the U.S.? Because oh yeah, you can okay. get raw cheese at Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah, they like sell so raw ma- cheese. There's, there's so many. Yeah, yeah, I can get the foreign. Yeah, but like they actually making cheese in the U.S. It's a good question. It's an awful hurdle like you know yeah because they want you to pasteurize everything like cheese in the u.s. isn't nearly as wonderful and tasty as it is uh from overseas just because of all the process if you've actually had like raw stuff from a farm i go check it out
1: dude i had burrata cheese in italy and i was like how do i get this home you don't you move to italy (laughs) you don't (laughs) could you even take burrata on an airplane would they let you doubt it they might not right smuggle it well i had a friend French. And he came. You're over picturing from, it right
0: now, right? A little a little balloon.
1: I had a friend who was French. And he came over from France, and he had to hide his cheese because he had raw cheese. He had to hide it in his luggage, so he had to like fold it up inside his pants, like these bricks of wheels of cheese. He had to like put his pants stuff it in his luggage to hide cheese. Did he Fucking make it back in? Cheese made it back in. Yeah, he. Uh, What's w- his name
0: and his address? Oh, I don't, can't tell
1: you. Can't tell you. He actually moved back to France. He's like, fuck this place. But um, when he lived here, they used to make this raw cheese and, like, a charcuterie plate. They would, like, cook raw cheese and melt it on, like, the different smoked meats. And, oh, I forget the name of it, the name of the dish, but it was sensational. And they would eat it with, like, sauerkraut. Oh, the art of eating.
0: Yeah. The art of eating and food. It's a real art, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the trick when you get into that, you start getting into that gluttonous uh, activity with your with your with your world. You know, you, it's the moderation part because you get yeah. caught up in like more is better and cramming it in, and just being able to slow down and actually enjoy those experiences without just without thinking. going full blown Gerard Depardieu. If you put if you put like a plate of prosciutto in front of me, I'm fucked for a week because I'll eat all of it. I right will now. too.
1: Yeah, I eat that stuff a lot because it's it's healthy. It's like if you get, like, real good, naturally cured, you get a lot of healthy fats from it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great way to get a little package of protein. You know, you can just open it up and dig in there. It's a good ketogenic snack. I did that one. Yeah. Um, I always recommend uh, Mark Sisson's book, The Primal Blueprint. And he's the guy, though, that came on the podcast, and apparently he's incorrect about some wine stuff. And I always
0: wanted you oh, to yes. talk. Oh,
1: Yeah, what did he say? He was saying, talking about chemicals that are in wine, and he made some mistakes, right?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about winemaking, uh, commercial, large-scale winemaking. I've seen a lot of things happen in cellars, large-scale cellars, that are not cutting corners. They're just, there's just a lot of things that they have to do. But there's this idea that there's all these things that we're adding to our to our wines right they give you headaches and fuck you up yeah so and, you know in our vineyard we do have copper sprays and things that are kind of uh we're avoiding uh frost or we're avoiding bunch rot uh copper kind of, sprays yeah um uh, it's yeah it's a long story um but you know just it's organic stuff we're trying to do to, Ac- you know, to so it's to, actual to, copper uh i'm not sure if it's actual copper or not i would imagine it's no huh i, I don't know Okay, I don't know the answer to that. But, so, um, but that's just but, yeah, There's inorganic. some things you're doing in the in the vineyard that are kind of like uh, organic practices that are acceptable. But one of the things when the fruit actually gets to the winery, uh, I'm inoculating it with a uh, a pro, you know a packaged yeast. So something that might be an isolated strain from Barolo or from Tuscany. Uh, but other than that. At the end of the process, we'll add uh, KMS, an SO2 solution to, to stabilize the wine and keep it bottled so it's safe in the bottle. But What at, does KMS stand for? Uh, sulfur. We're, reacting, we're, we're adding sulfites to the wine. Uh, but wine itself actually produces those byproducts. We're just, we're just escalating it to make sure that this wine can make it on a truck to New Jersey or to whatever, and they blow off. They go away. So but that's it. That's, it. There's a, there's a, that's all we're putting. Oh uh, yeah, basically just kind of preserves it. Um, and some p- places that are paranoid about where that wine is going and how long it's going to be sitting in a truck and maybe it's not going to be refrigerated, they're probably adding a little bit too much. And there's some places that are actually adding, you know, other weird stuff, you know, enzymes and stuff into their wines and uh, in the process. But in my cellar, it's basically. It's the yeast hulls. It's the it's the yeast, and at the end, it's SO2. We're not doing any other weird additives. So the idea that there's like all these chemicals and all these extra things that we're jamming into our wines is ridiculous. So it's just a misconception. I think so. Yeah. I mean, but are there any wine companies that do that? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. People are adding. You know, they're adding. Uh, what they call mega purple they're adding like tannins and they're adding color and they're what is adding, oh some mega purple so adding like weird nutrients on this end and we're adding you know well, weird nutrients in, on that end and some nitrogen on this end they're you know they're adding a lot of extra stuff in the process that you know i don't do because we're doing very small batches of things I And mean, they don't have to
1: alert people what they're putting in either i mean it's just wine you get a bottle of wine you assume it's just wine
0: yeah um, and I think that's changing. I think the FDA is threatening to stick their nose into, uh, into wineries now, which is a pain in the ass. Mm. Yeah. They want to know where everything's coming from and going to and like, yeah, really the all the shit that's going on, you can deal with the that. The government yeah. going to fix the wine. Yeah. We're going to come
2: in.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: Pussifer, what do you
2: think you're doing with your wine?
1: Well, just what they've husks. been doing
0: for the last 3,000 years. They were adding husks back then. Really?
1: <laughs> Did they even know what husks were? <laughs> yeah, so, um... <laughs> so, when you're when you're adding this stuff to the wine, and you say that it burns off, like you're adding sulfites, or
0: sulfates? Yeah, uh, sulfur. Sulfur. You're adding sulfur just as a, as a preservative. And it
1: burns off. Is there an ideal... Like it blows say, off, I should say. Okay. When you bottle a wine, is there an ideal
0: time after you bottle that wine where it should be consumed? Um... I mean you can bottle it the minute you can open it the minute it's bottled if you want to if you want to open it up right but away But is there
1: a, a, a where like does the like when we drank that wine from like 1924 or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck it was is that good or is that different I mean it's like it's if you have gonna, a wine that's
0: that's a this is a long conversation but oh, okay. uh, you know wines in theory there's places that that just the natural structure of that place the the pH the acid balances of those places and depending on how well or not well the winemaker got out of the way to make sure that that wine, that wine made it into bottle, it was proper, uh, the, the storage of it, the, the cork, how that, how that went. There's so many, so many, so many variables. But when you're talking about the track record of a particular site and a producer, um, there are, you know, there are wines that you just expect. If I'm going to buy this Latour, I'm going to buy uh, this uh, fine Burgundy. You expect that that wine has been held to a standard for a long period of time, like all you know throughout you know decades, millennia, uh, they have been consistent. So you expect that I, sh- I should be able to lay this wine down for 50 years and it should be okay. It'll be different uh, in 50 years, um, provided none of those other variables, like somebody didn't pull it out and leave it on the counter in the sun for a week and then put it back in the cellar and 50 years later you open it and it's crap. Right, yeah, you know, that's so all it would take, huh? Yeah, and that's that's what so that is. It that. heat or sun itself. Uh, it could be cold. It could be something that goes. gets too cold. It gets too dry. The cork dries out. It leaks. You know, oxygen gets in. Uh, heat is your enemy. Cold is your enemy. Oxygen is your enemy. So Any as long of,
1: as it's treated correctly, it could last a long time, and it'll just change and be different. It'll yeah, it'll evolve over
0: time. And it it will there's definitely an arc to it there's like there's definitely like okay that that particular wine was ready to there's a peak that's they should have drank it right then.
1: How do you know? do you know from reading like articles or
0: again it's it's you know it's some that's why I buy some guys buy a case or two cases of a wine that they know they're gonna like, and they're trying them over time and they're figuring it out and then they'll have that wine and they'll go hey, guys, I just had." Uh, the tenth bottle of wine from those twenty-four bottles, and it's starting to go over the hill. Hmm. So there's a little forum, or somebody calling each other back and forth, going, "Hey, I think uh, this particular wine is, is is has seen its best day," uh, and they'll get back online, and somebody will go, "No, mine's fine." Or, you know, there'll be arguments about that. But generally speaking, that's that communication of guys saying,
1: "That's interesting." So it requires like a community of knowledgeable people to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. To communicate about it. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine who's a fucking total wine nut. He invited me to his birthday party, and it was a wine-tasting birthday party, and they were all sitting around, like, and they would judge the wine afterwards. He says, yeah. it's, a, it's very oaky, there's hints of tannin, and I'd be like, what in the fuck are you guys taking? And one of them that they didn't like, they're like, this one's corked. I think this one's corked. I was like, this one's my favorite. Yeah. I really like this one. You tell me it's bad? It's this bad? Like, how's it bad? Like, how do you know it's bad? Like, it seems like it's corked. Like, uh, do you, does that drive you crazy? The drives super- me crazy, yeah.
0: Hmm. Drives- so there's like a level of pretentiousness that's acceptable. Yeah, again, everybody wants to, everybody's trying to find their way in life and trying to find what makes them better than or different than or separates them or elevates them. His from palate's amazing. His palate is incredible. He's going to be able to tell. <laughs> when he ties it and he, <laughs> he gets know, some he, fat-ass he Orson Welles dude sitting there. Um yeah, hmm. if you know, after a couple of glasses, if that thing's not really corked, I'm drinking it.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, right. Especially after a couple of glasses. Yeah. In the olden days, they used to drink
0: wine because water would go bad, right? Yeah. The uh,
1: well. The, the well. Still water sit around. It
0: would, yeah, still, it's still water, yeah. but also, um, you know, if you have in a situation where you have, uh, like, you know, like New Orleans, a complete devastation of a, of the the water table there's yeah. like decomposing bodies everywhere and uh, you can't drink the groundwater you can't trust what's coming out of your well yeah um fermented you know fermented juice is what you would drink cuz it's safe cuz it's gone through a fermentation process a process of purification just like vodka the water of life you know it's the water that doesn't freeze so you can go through the tundra if you try to eat snow you're going to freeze to death If you try to like, you know, melt the snow you're building, if you do have a fire, uh, but the actual water of vodka doesn't freeze and you can actually survive. You have to have water while you're walking through this frozen tundra. And you get the
1: benefit of being drunk all the time.
0: Drunk as fuck in a snowbank.
1: Yeah. Like Vikings, they had a big ass (laughs) leather sack full of wine. They were always hammered. Yeah. No wonder why they had such ridiculous behavior. Yeah. They were drunk all the time. Right? Eating mushrooms and drinking. Yeah. Yeah. mead. Mead. Yeah. That's wine, or that's beer honey. that's made out of honey. Yeah, yeah.
0: honey, you know, Yeah, honey wine, beer.
1: Yeah, honey's a weird preservative, right? Because it doesn't go bad, ever.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah, you could take things in honey, you stuff them in honey, and they just stay good. They think that's one of the things that led like to... Like my iPhone
0: 5. Is it work good on honey? What do you mean? It's still preserved. It doesn't look any different.
1: You still use an iPhone 5? you one of those guys? No, nah, it's an iPhone 6. Yeah. I'm just kidding, man. But you have a, you have a, a port for the... Headphones, uh, the yeah. headphone port. Is that yes. where you, you stop changing? Like, yeah, that's stop. where we draw the line. I draw the line on the headphone port. A lot of people do. They're like that's where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, so mead, what? Like I'd read something where they were speculating that one of the conversions from mushroom culture to mead, culture, they think that we used to be like our um, the intoxicants were primarily psychedelic, and then they went to alcohol some point in human history and that that might have coincided with people trying to preserve mushrooms in honey and that they produce some sort of a honey mushroom chemical
0: reaction where the honey actually fermented
1: yeah and then people started drinking
0: mead and then mead
1: culture changed the way people alcohol culture which is like a aggressive, Mm -hmm. you know loose losing inhibitions wild culture is there any movement to bring back those leather wine sacks you know those what are those things called those things that the um, I know. the Vikings had, you yeah. know those they yeah, carry them around those yeah. leather sacks, a bladder,
0: yeah, um, a wine bladder. Um, any benefit
1: to drinking? your wine out of, one of those? It just looks good.
0: I think I need you to roll into Augustine Wine Bar with a fucking bladder and a <laughs> and a fucking horned helmet.
1: Right, drink your ale from one of those big ass <laughs> bullhorn things. <laughs> Do they? I mean, does anybody um serve wine out of like a leather thing? I would feel like that's like the next Mumford and Sons.
0: Should be type thing um, to do. You know, well, they do growlers. So if you walk into a into a a, a beer bar, I think they allow you to bring in if it's measured out what that volume is, and you can refill your growler uh, with beer. Right. I think some places do the same with wine. Uh, the big the big issue is is. Labeling, So, like, you know, the TTB gets all weird and the liquor department gets all weird because, like, well, the bottle has all the labeling on it that I need to make sure that you're, are you pregnant? Because right. there's a warning on here about that. Um, so if you're just coming in and filling your growler with wine, I think the assumption is that at some point you, you know. Violate the law. Yeah, I don't know. Or not. I don't know. It seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, just fill up, just let the guy fill up his... Thing.
1: Have you ever thought about experimenting with, like, a leather bladder for your wine to see if
0: it influences the taste? We did one for, uh, not a leather one, but did, like, a plastic one for, um, uh, we do a wine garden. What do you got there? That's the, that's the bladder. The
3: oh. rock on the range.
0: Yeah, uh, that rock on the range. We did it at um, Ooh. Uh, uh, Aftershock. We had, like, a wine, a Caduceus American wine booth. We did one down in Florida for a couple of those festivals and does it affect uh, the taste at all being in that yeah i mean it, well it, you're in the middle of a field with a bunch of shitty bands playing it's going to taste <laughs> different you know it's just it's hot and you're annoyed <sighs> so yeah it's going to taste different
1: you're going to you drink
0: it cuz you're annoyed and you're right
1: and you're, do you have recommended temperatures that your wine should be stored or, or served at
0: yeah i mean just normal uh, normal cellar uh, cellar cellaring you know you want it would like, be nice if you could put it at like 50 degrees in your in your wine cellar, uh, good spot for it, forty you know forty to forty five degrees. That's what you want. But you don't want to put it in your fridge because it's going to get too cold. You it wanna, will. Yeah, if it's if it's if you're going to drink it fairly right away, if you go to the store and you got you're going to get a bottle of wine, you want to cram it in the fridge for the day to open it up that night. That's fine. But if you store your wine in the fridge, that's a little too cold oh, to be storing it. I've done that before. But it's better than leaving it out, you know, on top of your fridge where it's going to get baked. So, you kind of like weigh out your. So, if your house is
1: 70 degrees, you shouldn't just leave it in your house?
0: Um, You can as long as it's going to maintain 70. It's like when you go to a
1: supermarket, though, and they have those like. It's all
0: sitting there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they're not doing anything about that. Why are
0: you buying wine at a supermarket? I don't know where else to buy it. Where should I go? A nice wine shop that's going to. So pretentious. It's like
2: going to one
1: of those cigar bars, dealing with those guys. Same thing. It is. Yeah. I agree.
2: Th- it's from Nicaragua. <laughs> Smell this cigar. It's from
0: Nicaragua. Well, this producer uses a lot of natural fermentation and they, you know, they definitely do, you know, with their feed and like blah 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 dorks, blah. Dorks.
1: Baseball card dorks. the same person. Yeah, yeah. They're just going after wine instead of baseball
0: cards. Yeah. Can I just have the fucking wine? Give yeah. me a ne- give me a and a lime and a bag Ooh, of chips.
1: Negromadello, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Oh, good. What do you? A bag of lime and chips? A little lime, a little lime juice, and then the and then a you know bag of chips. Ooh, yeah, and a Maduro, like a, yeah. a dark cigar. Ooh. All right, for the snack, let's do this. Okay, mm. get yourself some chicharrones. What right? is that? Uh, pork rinds.
1: Oh, okay. Ooh, uh, pork rinds. I like them at a gas li- station.
0: A little bit of a little bit of uh, sour cream. Mm. And a little bit of Valentino. Uh, hot sauce on that Ooh! you got cold you got heat you got crunch you got salt you got sweet from the cream
1: now are you one of those guys that will not drink a red wine with fish
0: i'll drink i don't yeah i'll i'll i don't abide by those rules i've had red wines that go with all things and white wines that go and and roses that go with all things i'll try all of them but if the if if the experience isn't working right i'll shift gears but mm. I won't be afraid of I – won't, I won't be afraid of – I won't go with a set rule going in.
1: There used to be a hard, fast rule, right? Uh, Was yeah. it? Yeah, wrong? kind of,
0: yeah, in general. I think it's more it's – it's just more something to talk about at the grocery store. Mm. So it's like a fetish. Thing. I'm having a – I'm having this for dinner. What should I have? Hmm, I think a red wine. Like a pairing. Yeah. A
1: good pairing. A pair of these. Some, some restaurants have a pairing with each selection. And very rarely do you have a white wine with a bloody steak. I do. Do I'll do it. You're crazy. You're living
0: on the edge, though. I'm on the edge. You're out there, man.
1: Right on the edge of the earth where it goes off. Dude, we did uh, three hours already. It's already gone by. All
0: right. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. How the fuck does that happen? Got a workout in. Went over here and did your stretchy things in the back there. Oh,
1: did you? Yeah. That thing with the the back thing's amazing. Yeah, I didn't it? do
0: the I didn't do the one with the weights. I just did the one we hang upside down. That
1: one with the weight, we'll, I'll show it to you after we're done with this. That okay. thing's the shit. Yeah. That everybody should have one of those, just for back maintenance. Yeah, it's goddamn epic. It,
0: it just looks like it had too much weight on it.
1: No, it's it's not that heavy. It seems like it, but it's light. A perfect union of contrary things available now, ladies and gentlemen. I suggest you go out and purchase it.
0: Immediately we did uh, i got top 10 uh, New York Times bestseller.
1: Let's Uh, see if we can get this bitch up to number one ladies and gentlemen, come on (laughs) Come on go buy it. You know, it's good. He's wearing a wig. Come on merkin. Come on Always a pleasure my brother sir. Thank you. Thank you. Always awesome
2: (laughs) You're all fucked (laughs)